The following program is rated TV MAL. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. It's showtime. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. It is showtime here on Circle Date, ladies and gentlemen. And welcome, everyone, here for episode 113. This is the host of the previous one I've been seeing. Here with my other host, mis compadres, mi familia, the greatest faction in the world, the fellow four horse in the podcast team. But of course, we're missing one because he's making music. And like always, he's he's a man making this type of music. If you guys want to hear So yes, that's right. That's if you want to hear the one and only the director, Chris Kennedy. Follow Fake Destroyed. He kicks ass on that for sure. Most yes, definitely. Your music is fire. Oh, hell yeah. And what's good? That's right. Tribal ah, Chief Clark Day. Street. Tribal Chief Day. Ladies. The debate Hello. is coming soon. Yes. And what's, what's going on? What's good, Courtney? That's right. And yes, it's going to be a glorious, yes, glorious Tribal Chief Day for you. That is right. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that. We will get into it. Let me go ahead and introduce, of course, me familia right here, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, on August 8th, ladies and gentlemen, you have to see this. Uh... I'm pretty sure you guys saw it, but I'll play it again for you guys so you guys can see it. Coming to you Monday on August 8th, this man right here will be coming to you. But before we even play that, we'll play as a matter of fact, we'll play because it's uploading right now in a few. But <laughs> in the meantime, he's going to bring you some serious. You're going to see some serious shit. That's right, because he yes, is sir. the DeLorean of podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. The De Niro of podcasting, the De Niro is what I mean. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> of course, Mike De Niro, ladies and gentlemen. What's good, everybody? Yeah, the days are counting down. August 8th, Wrestling DeLorean live here on the Circle Debate. You don't got to do anything. If you're already subscribed to Circle Debate, you're going to have the Wrestling DeLorean. And if you aren't subscribed, the fuck are you waiting for? Hit that subscribe yes. button right now. That's right. That's right. Oh, man. Thanks. And, of course, let me go and introduce this man. This individual likes to give his six and nine answers, his reasons, his thoughts, especially to all Stanford those. Stooge. Stanford Stooge. It does. <laughs> and that's why I play his theme songs just for you guys. That's right, because he is the invisible man himself, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Six and Nine, Mr. MGC Onk. I guess he's still Onk or ONK. Big Daddy Onk. No, the funny, uh, the funny thing is, I at uh, Total Wine, I saw a Japanese rum called Kiyomi, in and in Korean that means like cutie or something like that. So it's like this is the cutie rum. So yeah, after you, every, every time you take a shot of Kiyomi, you gotta go, Idongi Kiyomi. <laughs> you have to take a shot. I gotta buy it. I was just All thinking right. about that total wine the whole time. We need to have like drinking games here on. We, hell yeah, we're gonna we have one day. We should, you know, take sure. a shot every time. Take a shot every time. De Niro curses. <laughs> we'll be drunk as fuck by the end of the show, man. I think I would be too. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right, guys, good night. <laughs> now let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of shit happened this past weekend. In the world of professional wrestling, a lot of good shit, though. A lot of good shit, I can tell you that. First, to start, we're gonna go overall, not every match, but overall, our thoughts of it. Because you know, shout out to Clark Street Wrestling Podcast, make sure you subscribe to them. 
they break nice. down the card of the recap show. So make sure you subscribe to them because they provide the best uh, recap episodes for these incredible events for SummerSlam right here that happened this past uh, Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. And that was fantastic overall pay-per-view. Of course, we did see a new era beginning. As at that time, we saw the debut, the return, and the debut in the main roster for both of these individuals. And that is, of course, uh, Io Sky, Bailey, and, of course, Dakota Kai now as Kai. Man, what an incredible Oh, she dropped the Dakota? Yeah, I think she's not. Oh, I didn't know Yes. And, of course, acknowledge him, ladies and gentlemen. Acknowledge him because it's Tribal Chief Day. Here on 700 COD, plus. 700 plus men, and still undefeated at the, you know, against Brock Lesnar. I got to give it to him. For overall, I'm going to just give my thoughts very brief. I enjoyed it. This was a fantastic event, uh, especially with the opening match with Bianca and, and Becky. They really knocked it off the park. I know it was slow in the beginning, but towards the middle and the ending, it was just a fantastic job. Both of these ladies. I know Becky separated her shoulder. If you saw that injury, ugh, it looked nasty. Injury scare. I uh, wish you nothing but the best speedy recovery, Becky, because we need you back as the man, which, you know, we'll get into that very shortly. But, man, Logan Paul, another one. Matt, your guy, your guy, Matt, your best friend, former your BFF, your former co-worker, the one that you <laughs> shifted on. Oh, my God. Yeah, guys, if you haven't heard Matt's pipe bomb on Logan Paul, <laughs> You gotta go back. It was like a couple weeks ago. I never oh. heard him get so mad. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's so bad. <laughs> he he kept us on a set of a in in a in not too far from Koreatown in this house where they shot the show. Um, what was it Neighbors with with Zac Efron or whatever? It was a show called Foursome, and they kept us in a house without air conditioning for like two days. Wow. And it was it was in the middle of, and we were and we had to sleep outside in the hot sun in Koreatown, I, in the middle of summer. And they and they fed him. us only and they fed us only Little Caesars. He owes so, you some of that WWE check. Yeah, he, <laughs> send it my way, Christ. And maybe maybe I'll give you the time of day, Logan. Maybe maybe you can confess your love to me or something. I don't know. Oh, I can tell you that Arr? Paul did a fantastic job. He did a great, great job with the and, mm-hmm. and this is how you know that he took wrestling to very, very serious. He respects professional wrestling. So count down to Logan Paul for uh, he another. Knows how to get heat. Yeah. He knows how hey, to get heat for sure. I, but I don't know, man. I, this is looking different. I mean, he's he did a great job. I mean, right now, right? See, even Dan, shout out to Dan, <laughs> Cage Mikey, Logan Paul took his shit on Matt, and, and then his high drink picked up the hydration and drink of some RT. <laughs> oh my god! Shout out Dan, Cage Mikey. Shout out Dan, but man, what a, what a fantastic event! I mean, I I really give it a I give it an A. Not a minus or a plus, I give it an A. Um, I just didn't enjoy the edge thing. That's it. Oh, man. Okay, it's edge. You're back. Okay, your face. You busted my tight-ass jacket. It's right. <laughs> I thought that jacket was going to rip after he hit that spear. That shit looked like a girl jacket, but. I mean, he, probably, mm. he probably got confused. That was best fucking Phoenix jacket that he probably took. Most likely. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll take it either, Nero. Give us your thought overall. What do you grade the SummerSlam event, man? 
gonna give it an A too. I, I I really enjoyed this event. Um, I was really happy to see. I know I see a lot of people shitting on it, but I was really happy to see Roman Reigns win after that chaotic chaotic matchup. You know, we had rings flipping, we had tractors, we had everybody interfering. But I was really happy to see Roman Reigns win because I'm one of the few people I know, and I know Clark Street is as well. I'm one of the few people I know that really loves this title reign. It is a historic title reign, and I feel like we're going to look back at this years down the line and be like, yo, that was the last historic title reign. You know what I mean? He's going, he's on 700 plus. Man, fuck, go, go a thousand. You know what I mean? Hold that shit to WrestleMania next year. Like, I'm all for it. Like, he's killing it right now as champion, so I'm glad that he's still the champion. Um, Every match, I think, delivered, and it was a very solid show, and I enjoyed it. Uh, even the matches that weren't like technical masterpieces, like they were still enjoyable to me. Even the Logan Paul Miz matchup, I thought that it played a good part. Uh, shout out to Logan Paul for taking this shit serious. And I agree with Courtney that that frog splash was phenomenal. Um, definitely, I can't think of anything bad. Um, it was funny because I had questions before going into the show because I know that Vince wrote that last Raw before he retired. So going into the show, I was wondering, is this going to look more like a Vince McMahon pay-per-view or are we going to see sprinkles of Triple H's, I guess, regime already? And right after the first matchup, when we see Dakota Kai return and Io Shirai, who's now Io Sky, I was like, yeah, Triple H is running this shit. <laughs> so oh, man. For, for sure, like I, I was happy with the whole show and it flew by like it was four hours and it felt like it was like two minutes because it was a great show. Same thing with Raw. I know we're probably going to get to Raw, but that was the first time in as long as I can remember that the three hours of Raw felt like one hour. It flew by so quickly because it was so enjoyable. So definitely right now, WWE's on a roll and SummerSlam was amazing to me. Right, exactly. Absolutely. It's been over one. <laughs> it's been over a thousand days. Yeah. Rome has been pinned. It's a fact. Uh, try one, it's a fact. I can't, I'm not going to deny I mean, he it. did have a little sprint. Of, he had a little time period where he was not on the show before that. So, like, exactly. I don't know if you count that. Little... But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't think we can count that, Devin. No, I don't think we can. I don't think we can count that. <laughs> well, that Callis, I don't know if you caught any glimpse or any I'll highlights. Give it a, I'll give it a medium rare. <laughs> right here. Right here. Medium yeah, rare. right here. Very good. Very tender. In the good I parts. still need to. I need to get a damn Gordon Ramsay collab video here. I keep forgetting. <laughs> he, he's so down. Yeah, one of his like insults from like Hell's Kitchen. Me and my girl. <laughs> exactly. My what are you, an idiot sandwich, Devin? <laughs> I I just saw the Gordon Ramsay goes to the place where they get fine weed and stuff. It's like the best episode of of Hotel Hell ever. <laughs> but um, yeah, I give it a I give it a medium rare. It's it's good in the good parts. And I got what a it, it's a, it's the first big taste of Triple H's, you know, how kind of how would you would imagine things being if everything was like NXT gold, you know, so if everything was of that flavor of that style, you know, and it, and it was cool seeing EO Sky, you know, her on the main roster. What a debut, you know, a lot of big things are going to happen, you know, I, I think I think. We're going to see, I think, Saray be used better in the future. You know, a lot of a lot of good things, a lot of good things are going to be happening down the line for this. So, as a matter this of the, fact, first, the good taste. Yeah. The first no, good as taste. Matter, as, as a matter of fact, when you mentioned Saray, she had a title uh, shot against, um, oh my God, I can't believe I forgot her name. 
Who's in from... Lumen's champion? Uh, uh, Mandy Rose. And she did a great job. I, I saw the highlight of that match. She did a great job. You know, so Triple H is, hey, he's making his, he's putting his flag yeah. everywhere. All so. this flavor, yeah. all of the Triple H flavor in the pot. Oh, no, I'll tell you too. what. I'm happy with that. I think Matt would be uh, happy with Triple H's appearance on Impulsive, Logan Paul's uh, podcast. I'll, I'll let you know something kind of funny. I've watched that for Alex Jones before. <laughs> and I've Alex said, Jones I've, is crazy, man. I, I've said I've said I'd want Alex Jones to be a wrestler. So if like Alex Jones becomes Logan Paul's tag team partner, that would be Alex Jones would be an amazing promo. wrestling manager. Like yeah, he'd be good promos. But no, so there's a part of Impulsive where uh, Triple H is on, and I don't know the other guys' names, but one of the other hosts asks Triple H. What did you think when you heard Jake Paul's older brother sign to the WWE? And Triple H said, I said, who the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, shit. Who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> I, don't know these, I don't know these kids. You know, I know Motorhead, but I don't know these kids, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then... Uh, very brief, let's not much to talk about just overall, and uh, which is Ric Flair's. The following day, we had Ric Flair's last match pay per view. Uh, I really want to grade this. Uh, I give this one a, a B. Uh, I did enjoy most of the cards, I did enjoy, especially oh man, that triple out one, the fatal four way. Man, they I think Fine. they stole the show, and Alexander fought two, too, as well. Man, fought Jacob fought two, he should be more an impact. I think he could. Deliver most definitely in Impact. I mean, I love MLW, but I prefer him in Impact. I think he could do a, a phenomenal job there in Impact. Man, he's a big money star for sure. I'm a yes. big fan of Fatu. Killer Cross, man, nailed it with uh, with Davy Boy. I enjoyed that as well. So I mean, it wasn't a card. It wasn't bad at all. Uh, it's just the main event. Of course, it was slow. Ric Flair was a little bumped up. We did see that. So well, it happens. Um, Good to see the Undertaker, Bret Hart, and we saw Mick Foley right sitting in the front row. So it was good to see them there too. Uh, but overall, it was it was okay. It was decent. Just uh, and you know, uh, kudos to Jared for selling the shit out of that match, man. The guy, the guy can still move, man. He, he can good take. A, he is, man. He is. DDP as well. Oh, that diamond cutter. <laughs> yes, I love that. Good sell from Cardona as well. But yeah, did give us your thoughts of that Ric Flair if you saw the Ric Flair pay-per-view event. Um, yeah, I thought the whole event was pretty good. I, I really liked the opening matchup with uh, the Mortar State Machine Guns and the American Wolves. thought that was a great matchup. I didn't even know that they wrestled once before. They mentioned that in a commentary that they wrestled once before a couple years back. But I remember back when, like, you know, Ring of Honor 2011 days where the American Wolves were, like, killing it. I thought them and the Machine Guns would be a dream match, but I guess they already fought. But definitely this matchup was great. They had great chemistry with each other. I feel like every matchup was great besides the main event, but I didn't go into the main event thinking that I was going to get a great match because he's 73 years old. I, I knew not to expect that. I knew that Andrade, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett were going to shine most of that matchup, and they did, but the parts with Ric Flair in it was very slow as expected. It was scary at parts because he looked like he couldn't even get to his feet after the matchup, and I don't know. Like To be honest, it, it just struck me as a match that didn't need to happen. It wasn't necessary. I've been saying it for weeks on the show. Like, it's not necessary to even have this event. 
But overall, the event was great. But the reason why we all come together is for Ric Flair's last match, and that was like the least, you know, good match. But it is what it is. Like overall, I think it was a cool event. I love the nostalgia of seeing um, uh, Jim Crockett Promotions, the logo and the set, having Tony Schiavone and David Crockett do commentary. I also thought that the guest commentators did amazing. Ian Riccoboni always does a great job. Uh, Tom Hannafin from uh, Impact Wrestling, former Tom yes. Phillips, did a great job. Um, really like to hear uh, Nick Aldis on commentary. He's he's a great uh, commentator. Like Nick Aldis did pretty good on commentary too. So overall, I thought it was a really good event and had a lot of dream matches. I personally would have liked to see a finish to Fatu and Josh Alexander because oh, yes. I thought that matchup was yes. going amazing. But then Cardona and his uh, posse ruined it. But shout out to Diamond Dallas Page. You know what I mean? I I, I do a little DDP yoga. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah, I need to do that. That's right. Feel the bang. My callus, did you catch any of Ric Flair's event? Yes, and I gotta say, it definitely was like the two really great tag matches. You know, Briscoes and and Von Erichs. You know, that was that was you know that could have fit in right in with the territories if if oh yeah you know their with their style. I think it just goes to show that the motor machine, more say machine guns are definitely in the area perception. That way the FTR motor say machine guns match is probably going to be a lot sooner than later. And uh, I think a lot of, a lot of other things, you know, of course, killer cross or, you know, our good friend working his magic. A lot of, I think the, uh, the other kind of sleeper match was, um, what was it? Robert Gibson's son and mm. uh, Robert Gibson's son and, and, and Ricky, or was it? It was Ricky Morton. Morton's son. Ricky Morton's son. Yeah. That's who it was. And, I forgot what his name was. And against, against uh, Brock Anderson and, and Brian Pillman Jr. I think that was kind of a, that was a big, you know, I gotta say that match was probably like the most underrated of the night, in my opinion, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of, I kind of get to see a different side in fact, actually, I think I like that tag team more than the Varsity Blondes. I was going to say that. they yeah. It seemed like they fit together more. There's like, more fury. There's yeah. more of that ruthless aggression from that. Uh, they, especially with the Four Horsemen, you know, lineage. That's, I got to say. That's a cool theme song, too. It was yeah. badass sounding. For sure. Cool. I, I got to say, this this really reminded me of, like, the Wrestling Peace Festival or Terry Funk's um, retirement show in Amarillo in 97. Because oh, you had yeah. so many companies come together. Like I said, in that main event, you have an AEW signed star in Jay Lethal and in Andrade teaming up with a WWE signed person, uh, Jeff Jarrett. You have The Undertaker in the crowd. You had Impact Wrestling defending their title. Like There were so many different companies promoted on this show. It was nice to see that come together. And it was nice to see... Yeah, that was amazing. It was nice to see also WWE play a part in the show too. Having, you know, Cody say his piece, having uh, Shawn Michaels say his piece. And then, you know, I I think that we're going to see more of that. I think that now when you see other companies come together, the forbidden door, I think that WWE is finally going to be open to allowing their talent to partake in that because it was always the ego of Vince McMahon that put the blocks on that where now I feel like Triple H is open to work with other companies. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. Yes. All of that. Ruthless aggression. And it was ruthless aggression. That is for sure. But I yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was it was fun. Um, just the, you know, 
we might see this in the future again, seeing GCW, seeing AAA, seeing Impact, AEW, WWE. This might come down the road because there's no Vincent Mayer, you know, and Paul Levesque doesn't really – it's a couple – why is he – come on. You think Levesque is going to be, no, you can't go over there because it's looked bad for our product. Ah, come on. We're, this is a sport. This is the last – this is a 73-year-old man who's retiring. Wanda retire his way. Not Vince's way, yeah. him losing to Shawn Michaels. Like a shout out to Universal Wrestling Podcast. I apologize, Nick. I know you said, yes, he sh- I, I'm sorry. I love you. Mania 24 should have been his last match. I know. But I he retired his way. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, but he, him doing this, having New Japan as well, what I forgot, who I forgot to mention, uh, adding all these promotions yeah. to one for this epic person, which think I think about it. On the same show, we had a cameo from The Undertaker and Nick Gage. Anything happened? <laughs> and exactly. also the cash show with DDT. Yeah. I think I think another thing, I guess this is, this is kind of underrated because I think you guys, guys touched on something. This is a little preview. This is a really tiny preview on what's possible in this new Hunter era of WWE. Yeah. We could really seriously see that big mega super show, AEW, WWE, New Japan, AAA, that big, big, big show. Yeah. Even if it's not their gar- their stars going against, like, their stars, like, if it's not WWE versus AEW, if you have, like, a, a event that has everybody involved, like, that's good enough for me. We don't have, like, of course, the dream matches would be cool to see, but just to show that everyone's working together, I think will be nice enough. I think- oh, yeah. I'd, I'd be over the moon if it was like mostly like newer undercard guys from all the promotions. That'd be sick. Kind yeah. of like, kind of like the big training day or something like that. Or I don't know, like, like best of the super juniors for all the companies. Just imagine. I, re- that. I remember in an interview, Triple H said, if you remember the, um, the show when worlds collide, it was like 205 live versus NXT. Triple yes. H said that he would like to take that concept and take it to other promotions and have their guys go against our guys. So I think that Triple H already has that mindset. And when worlds collide, if he could have that as an event where you have AAA and New Japan and AEW and Impact Wrestling, GCW, MLW, WWE, think about the possibilities. Yeah, it's insane. Yes, don't get me excited. It's all like newer... That, it's really like best of the super juniors, but with everybody. Yeah. That's how insane that would be. Well, speaking and of maybe era, like, but go ahead. I think the cool maybe the coolest possibility is like maybe the winner could probably compete for whatever belt from whatever company he he wants. Just imagine that, the stakes on that. Yeah. Emperor of the ring or something like that. That'd be the crazy. winner. He, and it has to be one belt, it can't be multiple. He has to pick one company that he wants to compete for the world championship for. That, yeah, that that would be interesting. That'd be interesting. But speaking of a new era, that is right. Let's get into the new era. It is for you, Devin, because shout out to Clark Street because they did this, but they did it on their TikTok. But I'm gonna put it right here. After that, at 24 hours, it's, well, yeah, it's 48 hours after SummerSlam, Monday Night Raw, and that's where it all. It has begun. That's right. And it has begun with a new era 
of the Triple H era. That is right, and it begins on Monday Night Raw, of course. Man, seeing the demographics here that we're looking at here, the viewership for Monday Night Raw, you had 2.23 million viewers watching Monday Night Raw. This has been the oh, highest shit. Raw since, since 2020, March 16th. has been the highest Raw in history. A lot of things happened here that we saw more professional wrestling here. Little a little tiny little entertainment, but professional wrestling we saw. That triple threat with the AJ and you know Ali, like and Miz, yeah. Ziggler on the Miz, sorry, right. yeah. And then uh Ziggler and who was it Ziggler Champa and uh and Chad uh, Gable. Chad Gable, man. Oh. <laughs> that was good shit. Yeah. Yeah, man. This this raw was a banger. And I gotta say, if this is what we're gonna be getting, then maybe we'll be seeing the changes a lot quicker than I thought. Because I thought it was going to be like a slow process. I didn't think that we were going to be seeing this much of a change overnight. Because honestly, like I said a couple minutes ago, this was three hours and it felt like one hour. It went by so fast because I was just enjoying it and locked in the whole time. If you think about last week's Raw and Raw's in between, like there's so much goofy shit that they do to fill up three hours. And none of that was here for this Raw. It was just straight up wrestling, good stories, good promos, and everything made sense. Everything had a place on the show. And it just felt like a great show to me. It did. I'm with you 100%. And it felt that way, you know, with Paul's giving more of creative freedom to the talent, uh, no scripted promos. We didn't see no, you know, tore up papers everywhere. Last minute, you know, change the script. So yeah. I'm looking forward and I'm looking forward with down the future of what, what's going to happen with Raw, especially and movie and SmackDown too. We, I, I'm looking forward. To, I'm excited, actually. I'm here to say it. Is, yes, I know everybody's like, what? What Ivan is already back, loving WWE. Well, look, because Paulovic is there and he's pushing, he took care of his son Chapa. He made him a number one contendership, by the way. Great match him versus AJ, even oh, though yeah. the finish was like, ah, I didn't want no interference, but hey, at least he won. It's part of the storyline, but I'm happy that he got his shot. Seeing AJ more wrestling too, like, man, it's just, it's been a wild and that we haven't seen this type of wrestling since the black and gold era. I'm sorry to say it, but it's a damn fucking truth. Since the black and gold that we haven't seen no Amen. professional wrestling. Black and really gold on all the promotions. I, I will input the style, but I wouldn't try to re revive it in the main roster because it's a different aspect. You have so much talent that you have to work with. And, and you have different fans different you have to cater to. That too, yeah. and also you have veterans that have been there for quite some time that have been used to the Vince way. Like, hey, okay, we'll do this, and you know, just just do me a pop, clothesline, elbow, that's it. Let's get out of here. Take it home. Yeah. Not no more. And I'm hoping we see less of that and more of, hey, let's give a fucking story here. And that's what I'm hoping to see for not only just in the promo world, but in the ring as well. I'm looking forward to see that. Now, Another debate here that I want to get. Let's see. Let's see what they about to say. Miss gonna help. Yes, I'm. I'm not disagreeing. I, I'm with that. I'm with that. I'm not disagreeing. I actually, to be honest with you, this this pair of Champa and Miz, I'm intrigued because I think Miz could help Champa elevate his charisma more as how as a heel. I feel he could do that for him. Yeah. And then later on, turn his back on him. 
And I talk about Chapa to one turning on his. I feel like that could happen. So, I mean, that could be the case. That could be the case. All right. And now I want to get into look, this is look, I want to debate this because this is the one that I we were talking about it on in the chat. So I gotta bring it up. It is another debate. That's right, debate of the week here because of this announcement that TK did. So TK announced expansions for his talent relations and development <clears throat> team. Of course, he announced uh, the announcement here, which I'm looking for the picture that he put that he uh, put here. So he announced the roles for Sanjay Dunn, QT Marshall, Pat Buck, and Tony Schiavone as, of course, they're the seniority for for talent relations. And they're going to be, obviously, you know, the expansion team for it. Madison Rain will making her debut at AEW this Friday. And now she's joining in as the developmental coach. Now, I want to ask both of you guys, because this is a debate of the week. I want to debate this. Regardless of all of this, all this team that he's told TK's doing, do you feel that this will overall in AEW and Ring of Honor will help with all the communications with the talent? So I'll take it to you today. It better. It better because there's a lot of people talk about there's a lack of communication, and that's not the narrative that you want to have. If I'm a guy, even if I'm in AEW and my contract is up, and I know Triple H is now running WWE, maybe it's going to be, you know, all right, I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to want to see what's going on over in WWE because now I know someone like me or someone like my size is going to get looked at and get a chance. You know, TK has to make sure that his talent are happy. Because right now, all the intrigue is going back to the WWE. So he needs to make sure that his talent wants to stay with AEW. And when you got guys who are coming out and saying that there's no communication at all, like, for example, Joey Janela said on a podcast, I believe it was Renee Paquette's podcast, that when he was released, well, when his contract was up, he didn't even know that, you know, AEW wasn't going to resign him. They didn't even send him a message or anything. They just stopped responding to him. They just stopped talking to him. That's not how you do things. Even if you send them a message or like let them know, give them a call saying, hey, you know, we're going to go a different route, but thank you for your time in the company. You know, that's the way you go. You don't just stop talking to people. They did the same shit to Chavo Guerrero. They did the same thing to Marco Stunt. Now we hear that they did the same thing to uh, Jonathan Gresham where there was a lack of communication. So if your talent is unhappy and they don't feel like there's communication, and right now, like I said, Triple H is running WWE and everyone is going to probably want to go back to WWE or go to WWE, you're going to have to make sure that you have talent that are happy in AEW and want to stay in AEW. I think that this is a direct correlation to what happened with Jonathan Gresham, saying that there was no communication and that's why it like, got to a boiling point. So remember, I was on here saying that that's more of a sign of the lack of talent relations in AEW. So I feel like he's trying to take the necessary steps to make sure that the talent relations department is patterned and also trying to take the steps to make sure that people have those routes of communication to Tony Khan. But at the end of the day, it's going to be something that I have to wait and see how it plays out because, yeah, you put a, a, more, ah, put a bunch of guys in charge of talent relations, but that doesn't mean that they have communication with you. I, I hear all the time, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, John Moxley, all the ex-WWE guys say they'd rather work for Tony Khan because he's so approachable. He's so accessible. You could go talk to him whenever. And then you have all the under guys, undercard guys saying that he's not able to communicate with Tony Khan at all. It's a little weird. So I think that this is going to help that. 
but it's all going to depend. I, I know AEW is young. It's still going to go through growing pains, and this is them having to learn the hard way, I guess, and them trying to like learn on the fly, but they have to pick it up when it comes to the business side of this. They have a great show, but the business side of it has to pick it up. Oh, man. Matt Callis, I want to hear your it, thoughts on this. It all boils down to how effective the types of how, how effective and influential these positions are going to be if it's just not just, you know, because I, I, I remember when I listened to the biography of, you know, what was going on in WCW. I think I remember Eric Bischoff was just kind of hanging out with the guys and going to motorcycle bars with them and letting them do do moves on them and stuff. You know, it's, it's kind of like a bad hotel manager or something like that, you know. <laughs> I mean, but but I, I think these 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 talent relations people, especially Madison Rain, I got to tell this to those who don't know enough about Madison Rain. Madison Rain had the funniest moment with Sting a while back in Impact because Sting had Sting showed his like flamboyant funny side. Sting was like like Madison Rain's like I have the power. I have the power. And Sting's like this, no yeah. I have the power. <laughs> and that's the side of he could bring out some of the funny side of Sting again. She could bring out the funny side of Sting again. So Madison Madison has a lot of uh, of great sides to her and I think she's a great addition. She's been around a minute very experienced she at, at all in her she had she was uh, one of the opponents for both tessa and Britt baker in that four-way match mass yeah. i forgot and diana diana perazzo diana perazzo that that four-way the four-way dance <laughs> overall and then and then tony shivani i remember he's had you know positions in the past you know i know a lot of people the talent love him they hang out with him and all that stuff so I guess Tony kind of has to Tony Shivani has to lean into that, you know, Chelsea Green. Okay. Oh, there you go, Chelsea Green. Okay. It was Chelsea instead, Yana. Oh yeah, there yeah, uh, you go. That was Yana. Tony yeah. Tony Shivani just needs to lean into the, I guess, whatever authorities are are involved in that position, and especially you know, like the different management styles, because some people like like, are it's either like my way or the highway. Or, you know, I have a suggestion for this, and I definitely don't recommend you guys doing this way because it could end up like this. There's, like, different ways of, of approaching leadership, you know, from what I've learned over my years of, you know, working at different jobs and, you know, management to follower, being a Boy Scout. Are you a good leader? You're a good leader if you're a good follower. Or you're a good father follower if you're a good leader. So, you know, it, you just have to see how it plays out, you know. Is it is it better to be more hands on, or is it to be better to be more ha more you know hands off? I think it's better to be more hands on, but not when you have your hands on ten trillion things. Tony Khan is a very busy man. Like it's not just AEW, it's Ring of Honor, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's um, the soccer team he has, it's a bunch of shit he has. So the thing is, I think AEW becomes a better company when he lets go of that stranglehold on every department and starts putting people in charge of these departments to take care of it. That's why I feel like AEW did flow a little better when you had Cody, the Bucks, and Kenny Omega in charge of certain, uh, certain I guess, storylines and actually, like, helping write the show. Now that TK has, like, his stranglehold on everything, you could tell, like, things are getting a little bit more sloppy. And you would think with three years in, you should be tightening those screws and not, like, going backwards. Guys... Right? 
I just got the craziest, most wackiest idea. Who's ready for a curveball? Oh, Let's get man. it, get it, go for it, go for it. I mean, you you don't have the video yet? <laughs> no, I'm working on it. I forgot to do it. Yeah, you gotta get wild thing. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, with, with uh Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Charlie yeah. Sheen. <laughs> All right, curveballs to both of you guys. Oh, oh man, you gonna be the Jericho nose? Ball, Ivan. Just like, oh, just like, like Nero is able to watch it. You, are you playing outfield, yes. Nero? You play- uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be playing outfield. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> playing, who's playing second base? Ivan must be on second base. <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm on third base, right, honey? I mean, I'm sorry, TVMA. Sorry, TVMA. Okay, TVMA. <laughs> All right, here's here's my curveball. Craziest. Imagine this person as like the the micromanager under Tony Khan. How just insane he would be. Gary Vaynerchuk. Just imagine how insane. What? Imagine wrestling fan. Wait, he's a big wrestling fan. He's a big. Imagine how because Gary Vaynerchuk he always talks about the macro versus the the micro management. He micro lives like two minutes from my mom. He, he's near it, you. Yeah. Yeah, well, not near me now. Like I'm in Staten Island, but in Manhattan, he lives like around the corner from my mom. And he talks. Like, about, saw, I met him like a couple times. Yeah, and and he's a like I think him and Tony Khan could know each other because Gary's very active in the football world. Because he Gary always talks about buying the New York Jets. Just imagine mm-hmm. him like them talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars and Tony Khan and Gary. And then Gary, the Jets, the Jets, yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk comes in on the episode of Dynamite. It's like I'm your new commissioner. All right. You got plenty of time. We got plenty of time. I, I just can't see him doing it though. Like I don't see him doing that. What? Why? Oh my god. That he's, would be he's too animated. He would wait. Wrestling. He would be like, all right, guys, you ready? We're gonna have a cage match, and inside the cage, we're gonna have it's like Yeah. Wrestling is about big personality. <laughs> a big personality. That would be sick. That would be oh, no. he would cut I fuck with Gary V though. Shout out Gary V. Gary V would cut <laughs> such insane promos on. We on need, we need Joey Diaz as a part of AEW. Like he would, oh, like, he's like, oh, I heard not enough people watch Rampage. Well, you guys got to catch it. You know, watch the catch <laughs> Rampage. We got yeah. Rampage tonight. When you're not going to garage sales, garage sales. <laughs> garage sales. I'm gonna go with this garage sales and tell you all about Rampage, what all about Rampage so Dynamite and Ring of Honor. You got to catch it. Totally badass, Commissioner Commissioner Gary Vaynerchuk here. Sick. What the fuck, man? What? He would bull, like, like, I, you wouldn't. Anybody who doubts AEW, if they get Gary, he would be. He would put fear, you know, across because he's that vicious. I still say uh, you gotta go with uh, Joey Diaz. <laughs> Joey Diaz would be better. Keep oh on fighting, motherfuckers. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, like fuck the WWE. Fuck. I fucking wear my ass with the WWE. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, cocksuckers? Uh, I heard you dynamite tonight. Can't say that on, on TNT, Joey. Man, a bunch of pussies out here. Hit that shit. Burn that uh, or someone, someone tag Joey Diaz. Someone tag. Let's hashtag Joey Diaz. <laughs> right? Joey Diaz and Gary uh, V. The, they're the com- Joey Diaz is the commissioner of Rampage, and Gary V is the commissioner of Dynamite. Let's <laughs> manifest it. My thoughts of this, even though it's a private-owned company, it's not public. Yeah, I agree. From the beginning, he had it. He had some some structure. He had Kenny involved with the women's division, 
had Cody involved with the actual talent, had the Bucks pretty much writing the scripts for the show. The, the, the problem was this that occurred that TK took over because all of them clashed heads. And that was the issue. And let me tell you, say one thing here. These five individuals have no experience at all in backstage roles. At all. They have, of course, experience in the ring, but never as a backstage role. At all. I agree with comments what Devin said. He should have, which he should have got. This is this should have been Jerry Lynn involved. Since he got Jerry Lynn, he got the Malinko in the beginning before you know the, you know AW was already beginning, you know, on national television. He had certain veterans there, Dustin as well. He could have assigned to them. But here's the biggest issue. They never work in those bigger, big roles in their lives. All they have been is road agents. All three of them that I just mentioned right now. Now that Tony Khan has one man, this one man who should be the one leading your talent relations and helping and should be head creative writer. I think I already know who you're going to say. And you already know who the fuck I want to say. And that is Lord William fucking yep. Regal. You He's have someone. He's been in behind the scenes with Hunter. He helped Hunter, Paul Levesque, to elevate to put a black and gold brand in the top of the mountain along with WWE. He did that with Paul Levesque. Blood he created a story. Yes, blood and guts. Or, you know, or war games. You know, he did all of that. You war have games. one experience. You have one seniority who has that potential to and he's so respected, your, too. Very respected. Well respected. Well respected. That who could take your AEW to another level of where it is right now. And I mean in the creative perspective. Not the ring performance. In the creative entertainment side. That where it needs a lot of help. I'm Sanjay. For me, I have a lot of respect for him. But do I see him? Uh, I see him more a producer working with talent. You know, calling the match. That's fine. Yeah. Tony Schiavone, you're filling too many too many hats in his you know too many shit in his hats. You know, like he has too many hats to fill. You know, it's just I, I will leave Schiavone as a commentator, backstage role guy. That's it. Be your okay, your advisor. That's fine, but don't give them like oh, senior, like hey, senior of the talent relations. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not disrespecting you know Tony Schiavone. He, of course, he's been in the business for a long time, but he's I've never seen him having full capacity of holding those type of big shoes with the with a roster like that at AEW. Pat yeah, Buck, that, another one too. That that's what I'm saying. Like even with all the names that. Are here, it's like I don't really know if it changes anything because it doesn't. You know, talent relationship, talent relations was Christopher Daniels, and there was a lot of inexperience with Christopher Daniels and talent relations, and that's why you had a lot of these communication issues. And now you put other unexperienced people in that role, like why not try to get someone who's more experienced with that role? Like I, that's what I don't get. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't get. Yeah, because look, at the end of the day, it still comes down to Tony Khan. All that is going to go back to him. 
Yeah. They're not the ones making the decisions. They're just going to take whatever they're digressing and hey, well, I'll take the you know, I'll take the hit and I'll just take it to Tony Khan and put it in my different words that you want to use. So it's at the end of the day, it still goes with TK. But however, you can use William Regal, who like you mentioned is well respected, who's been in the business in inside the ring, outside the ring, who has worked backstage roles, who's has been who has the, the knowledge and the experience of creative producing all of that he's a man that i guarantee you put him full uh, uh, like in high command that roster will bow down to him and show him the respect they will not have the balls what john digression did to tony Khan to his face no they won't do it to regal because he they slap know, the shit out you slap the, 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 he'll rip your fucking you. nose off he'll just... probably smirch you that's what he'll do. so this is why i'm not it doesn't change anything i'm i'm not bashing on the you know, the people that were named. Kudos to Madison. She is a great addition because she will help the women develop on their, on their mic skills. That's for sure. She, if you haven't seen her mic skills in, in Impact, go back and watch Impact because she is a fantastic person when it comes to that. Um, but Pat Buck, like I said, it, it's not going to make no difference to me. It doesn't. The only way for someone to have respect in that, in that roster backstage, put William Regal. You fucking put William Regal in charge, head creative, and have him be an EVP. Have Christopher Daniels be the assistant EVP. Or at least go out and hire somebody who has a, like an experience with working with talent. You know what I mean? And yes. all different types of talent. Like, I think uh, you want to talk about curveballs. I think a curveball would have been go out and hire someone like Gabe Sapolsky who was involved with Ring of Honor, worked with a lot of different fucking personalities, and everybody respects him, though, right? If you put him in charge of talent relations, I'm sure people will respect him, and they would, it would make a difference. But putting guys that have no experience, like, it, it doesn't really make a change, in my opinion. Like, I don't, I don't know what this is going to do. Christopher Daniels had no experience, and look at where talent relations is now. Then you hire a bunch of more guys who don't have no with no experience with talent relations, and then you're going to put him in that position. It's just going to be like the blind leading the blind. Yes, big move was moving up Chris Vance with with that group. Yeah, I mean that's it is, but I mean still he Daniels does have the experience, of course. From Ring, yes, he does. I have to do remember he was like a a booker for Ring of Honor, but he wasn't the head booker. That was Delirious. Delirious was the one who was in charge. I think prior to Delirious, it was Marty Scroll. So who was working on that during that time? But I mean, the regardless of these additions, these title names that you give to these people, I'm not disrespecting them, but it's not enough for me to convince me that there's going to be a proper infrastructure and a proper vacation with TK. There is not going to change no matter what. At the end of the day, it still goes to TK. He's the final word, final say, unless he is willing to give that creative freedom to them to go ahead and do what you want. But we went to wait and see. I would like to see that. I want to hear it from his mouth to him to say that. So yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing. So that was the debate of the week for that one. The lack of communication still part two because last week we talked about it. And communication now is key. Is that is right? And now it is time, baby. It is time. Vader time. It's not Vader time. It is. That is right because it is time for some. Dynamite recap here, ladies and gentlemen. Man, talk about 
Uh, prediction. Talk about attitude era, which I will explain why. <laughs> I want to talk about that. Shout, shout out to Joe the Ring because they said that too on their recap episode. And when I saw it myself, like before I saw their recap, I saw Dynamite. I made a great mind state to like. Uh, shout out to Joe the Ring, but Jesus, man. Yes, listen to AEW Dynamite, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, the first opening match Orange Cassidy versus Jay Lethal. And of course, Lethal with the win. Uh, great upset for Lito. He was really working on the legs of Orange Cassidy, but it, you know, obviously, Cassidy came up short, fortunately. And of course, we did see War, you know, Lito challenging Warlow for the TNT belt, which will happen Saturday's Battle of the Belts. Now, it's a two part question, so I'll take it to you, Matt Callis, and then the Nero. Matt Callis, your thoughts about the match and your thoughts of Lito challenging Warlow, and is, is that a good, uh, perfect fit? You know, this this match really reminds me of because you were talking about you know attitude era. This definitely has like late attitude era vibes or invasion era vibes because the psychology in this I really like the psychology in this match because it reminds me of you know like the level of heel that Jay what Jay Lethal is and the level of babyface Orange Cassidy is. Like everybody loves Orange Cassidy to the point he didn't really need the win too much. I think Jay Lethal needs to be like re-legitimized in the public as like a very as like the powerful champion that he is. While Orange Cassidy, everybody already loves him, you know. As a result, you know everybody everybody was cheering like this like the small things he does. So you know, I th I think this was definitely a big moment. As for the next, like you know, Jay Lethal versus. Jay Lethal and, and uh, Wardlow, I think that will be a pretty good match coming up. I think a lot we'll get a lot of good stuff out of it. I think it's a new classic. I think you'll. I don't think Jay Lethal should win. Wardlow should still get established. But then again, uh, I think Jay Lethal missed out on that. Um, he wasn't able to get the TNT title from was it the Sammy Guevara yeah. match? Yeah, 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 a while back. So. I guess he's still somewhat due one. So despite maybe Orlo should have at least maybe some other defense before dropping this title, if he does drop the title, you know, mm. it, it feels too soon, you know, to open the present, to open the <laughs> presents under, under the tree. Oh, yes. Stories do matter. To, I agree. Yes. yes agreed. De Niro, take it away. I thought the match was good. I was scared at points that Jay Lethal wasn't going to win. And I, I like Orange Cassidy, but I think that it's a shame that since coming to AEW, Jay Lethal is not treated like a megastar. Jay Lethal is a star. Everybody outside sees it. Everybody outside knows it. They all say that Jay Lethal is a star. He's probably, in my opinion, after, like, I always thought of, like, Sting was the greatest wrestler never to go to WWE. Then when he went, I thought, all right, you know, AJ Styles is the greatest wrestler never to go to WWE. And then when he went, for some reason, it instantly went to Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal is right now, I think, in my opinion, the greatest wrestler not to be in WWE. So I think that he hasn't been treated like such in AEW. And, you know, we, we barely see him. And then when we do see him, he's losing. So I'm glad that he picked up this victory. I just am, you know, I think that it's not the right time for him to go against Wardlow because Wardlow is going to win that match, I think, obviously. So it's going to be another loss for Jay Lethal. I thought that, you know, 
put him in a feud with the best friends, have him like have matches against Trent and Chuck Taylor and have him like go into different feuds. Don't put him in another title shot. He's going to lose. I also think that it was interesting that they did not mention that he was just in a huge main event this past weekend. There was no mention of the Ric Flair main event. And I thought maybe that was because they weren't going to mention the event at all. But then we see highlights of Mance Warner winning the Battle Royal. So if you want to show highlights of Mance Warner winning the Battle Royal, you can show highlights of Jay Lethal beating the shit out of Ric Flair and make him look like a bigger star. Like, that would make him look like a bigger star on TV. You could say, hey, this past weekend, Jay Lethal beat the crap out of Ric Flair, like of all people. Show that stuff because if not, you're going to just make him another guy. What's going to make him different than everybody else? In every other company, Jay Lethal stood out because he was different. Now it's like, all right, he's just one of the pack. And that's a big problem with AEW. But I think that Jay Lethal winning was good here. I just don't know if it's the right decision to put him against Wardlow so quickly because my opinion is going to be another loss because Wardlow has to win that matchup. Wardlow has to continue to dominate that title. I just I hope it. we don't see a fucking squash match because – it's a shame if we see that from Jay Lethal, how you mentioned a star at his, you know, of course, impact, Ring of Honor mainly, a former Ring of Honor world champion. And for him to lose to Warlow in five minutes. I know Liz. I know he'll Liz. I know she, he's your vato. He's your man. But I'm tired of this shit. No. They should have at least like <laughs> no. an hour. Long, right? They should they should have like an hour long match or something or forty. The the show's only an hour. There's like four matches booked, so you know that oh, match is gonna be quick. That's the problem. Quick. That's you know it's gonna be quick. Yeah. It's, it's... Oh no. Well, I I got a I got a group Jay Lethal in with Kenny Omega and Brian Cage because you know you talk about greatest wrestlers never go to WWE. I remember I think of those three as like the flag bearers for their organizations. Like Brian Cage with Impact and Jay Lethal with Ring of Honor and Kenny Omega yeah. with Japan. You know, those are like, you know, I know it at different periods of time, WWE has had their, their checkbooks out for them, ready to bid for them, but they stayed loyal to the outer world, the non-WWE world. So they, yeah. they should be rewarded for not, you know, biting the hook and going to yeah. the service. You know? WWE stay- was interested in Jay Lethal right before he signed to AEW. And he chose AEW, and he's been treated like a jobber. But just uh, in response to Dan saying that they didn't show it because Andrade was a heel, you don't even have to show Andrade. Just show a clip of Jay Lethal in the ring with Ric Flair. You don't have to show a clip of the whole match. Just show him, like, beating Ric Flair in the corner or something, or chopping Ric Flair. Or Ric- just show him versus Flair. You didn't have to show everything else. I think that they really missed the boat on that. Because, if, like yeah. I said, if you're going to show Mance Warner and show clips of the Ric Flair show, then why not show Jay Lethal? Like, that would build him up even more. Like, all right, look, he deserves a title shot because he just beat Orange Cassidy. But this past weekend, he was in a match with a legend and he beat up Ric Flair. Like, it would have built him up more. I don't don't think AEW takes that chance on those opportunities where you could build stars up more with the video packages, with just mere mentions of it. Forget even showing it. Say it on commentary. Jay Lethal coming off of a match with the legendary Ric Flair now going against Orange Cassidy. Like... You couldn't even mention that? Tony Schiavone was calling the matchup, and he called the Ric Flair matchup. You were there, Tony. You can't even fucking say it? Like, no. come on. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh, man. Son of a bitch. That's right. I'll digress. I digress, damn it. We're digressing. That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> well, you're bullshit, damn it, because you're fucking it up for Jay Lethal here. Damn it. 
Every time I'll, we talk I'll, to Tony Khan, it's like it reminds me of that Weird Al thing where he's like, "No, no, I, I don't want to flirt with you. No, I don't want to go on dates." <laughs> <laughs> maybe like Eminem was like, "Maybe we should get some decent guys." And no, no, I'm sorry, Eminem, I'm taken. <laughs> oh yeah, and, like that mock interview. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now we get what we all been waiting for. We all knew it. It was bound to happen. And I'm here to fucking say it. I said it here watching the archives as well. The circle of eight, subscribe if you haven't. But yes, I've been saying it for quite some time. It's gonna happen. The civil war is happening. And now we're having the undisputed elite broken up. Adam you know, Adam Cole showing up, Fish and O'Reilly, Young Bucks. You can't participate in the tournament, buddy. So it looks like you're gonna be decapitated. And there and, and there you go. <laughs> and we get it, <laughs> and it happened. So it happened. I love your Adam Cole uh, impersonation. <laughs> and then, of course, we get, <laughs> you know, why? Why? No, you know what? That was amazing. That was amazing. You know, better than the, the Miz one. Mm, I don't know, but oh. <laughs> that's debatable right there. But, yes, I know the crowd was all. Not me, because this guy right here did not give two shits that it happened. Because no, I, I didn't. Hey yo, know. what the fuck? No, what I went. Oh, yeah. was, that's what I went because finally, for God's sake, it was gonna happen. Yep. Now we see Hangman Page running and making the save. So we're are we gonna get? Now we're gonna get it. We're gonna get the reunited, and it feels so good. We're gonna get that the now. Humbucks. The humbucks. The humbucks. But what about Kenny, man? What about Kenny? What about Kenny well, Omega? So you, we don't know what's gonna happen with that, but yeah, it's the civil I war. Want any dun, 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 dun. Yeah. It's gonna be a civil oh war. God. Watch, because now you're gonna have that undisputed elite, which is of course you know Red Dragon and, and Cole. They're gonna join the OG OG Bullet Club, Jay White's Bullet Club, and then then you're gonna have, of course, the Good Brothers turning on the Bucks with, of course, Jay White. Then you're gonna have the Gorillas of Destiny coming over. And then you're going to have the elite faction all back together fighting these individuals. Let's fucking go, Tony Khan. Make it happen, Demon. This is supposed to be happening. The Civil War should happen already. It should happen. And Word, Tony, story. if you make that shit happen, I'll take back all the bad shit I just said. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great story. Shout out to Bobby Fraser. Yes, he did. Smooth takedown. I'll, like, I'll say one thing, you know, you know what Devin just said. I'll give them props, but I cannot give the Young Bucks props for shit. Horrible settling from I. I don't know. If he, and it was. He did you see? Okay, who was it? Was it Nick or was it, no? Yeah, it wasn't Nick. No, no, Matt Jackson was. Yeah, Matt. He said, hey, "What are you doing?" Okay, right after that, they grab your brother Nick in the, the chokehold, and you're looking at him like, "What are you doing?" And then Kyle, right? That was the slowest sell I've ever seen. From the fucking young bucks, I, well, I'm, I even so, I'm get sorry. A clip of that, yeah. The Turkish movie where the guy gets keeps getting shot, like, oh, oh yeah, I, I seen that clip. <laughs> I <was> like, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was the worst sell. And I then, have a question. Yes. Do you think that the young bucks are disconnected to AEW right now? Do you think I like think they're so. like kind of over it? Because for the last couple months, I've young been seeing bucks that XT. <laughs> But for the for, like the past couple months, I, I don't know. I haven't mentioned anything, but I've been saying 
like to myself, like they just look like they're out of it right now. Like they look like they're not motivated at all. And I don't know what it is, but matchup wise, like, yeah, they look like, you know, the regular young bucks, but for some reason, like when they're cutting promos or just like doing any segments, like they look like they have like their little pouty faces on and it's like, they don't want to be there. So I don't know. Like, are we going to see two more EVPs gone? I don't see it. I think what it is, is that they're waiting for the right time. You know, thank you. Thank you so much. Shout out to Lennox Coleman. Thank you so much, man. Love you so Word. much. Yes. Uh, yes. And Red Coaster. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, I think when Kenny Omega comes back, it's going to happen on fruition. We're going to see this elite coming back again. It's going to happen. It's bound to happen. And the, and I think that's what the Bucks are waiting for. I think I, I'm with you, too. There could be, too, that they're probably like, what the fuck? You made us win the tag team titles because, of course, the Hardys fucked up for Jeff, I would say, but he fucked up. That was because that's where they had to change everything up in a different direction. But making them lose that quick, okay, I get that. I, I get your point that they look like they're not really intrigued with AEW right now. They're like, eh. but they've been doing BTE though. Like they always do that. It just, it's just, I'm, I'm used to them doing that. I think they're waiting for the right moment when the whole hangman comes to reuniting. Once they hug and they fucking kiss, make up, then that's it. We'll, we'll see a different young bucks. I, I, I'll mark my word on that. I'm saying it right now at eleven o'clock. 11, 10 Eastern Standard Time, 10 o'clock, 10 Pacific, 8 Central, and 9, 10 Pacific. August the 4th. There you go. <laughs> Long day. But, yes, I mean, that's what I feel. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Talk to me. Talk to me, De Niro. Talk to me about the segment. I, I like the segment. I'm just scared that Kenny Omega is not going to be a part of this. I think that it would have made more sense for Kenny Omega to make his big return and make the save and then have the trios match at all out. But having Hangman a part of this tells me that Kenny Omega is not ready to come back. And, you know, because it fits three on three, you can't have Kenny coming back. Then what's going to happen? You can't have one team at four versus three because, you know, who's the undisputed? Well, I guess they're not elite anymore. The undisputed error, I'll call him. Like, who's going to be their fourth man? Like, Roderick Strong ain't going to be their fourth man. So it's like, what happens here? Is Kenny Omega still not ready? Or... Another thing that I could see is maybe the Undisputed Error takes out Adam Page and then we have to see Kenny Omega come back. But, you know, there was rumors that Kenny Omega was coming back for these trios titles. He was coming back for All Out and he was going to be ready for All Out. And now, like, with Adam Page inserted into the storyline, it kind of tells me he wouldn't be. Because I thought that the Civil War was going to be, and I'm sure you did too, Ivan, the Civil War was going to be Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Fish, Cole, and O'Reilly not uh, the Young Bucks and Hangman Page. So, I don't know. I just It leaves me more questions about Kenny. But nonetheless, I'm all for this because Adam Page and the Young Bucks was a great trio in uh, Ring of Honor. So, hopefully, you know, we'll see some good shit here. We're lost. We're going to keep Kenny. Yeah. I, I would love that, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of shit talk being back and forth between them. Cease oh, and desist. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Matthews. I think another possibility um, is is the reunion because now that we don't have undisputed elite, we could get back the golden elite. We get Kota Ibushi in the picture because that's another that's another possibility. Those are two people that are recovering, but we don't really know the full story of what Kota Ibushi's injury and recovery 
uh, timetable look like, you know? So, you know, who knows? Like Kenny could make a save, but we won't see him in ring action for a while. So he could just be kind of not quite a manager, but kind of just in their corner just in the meantime as like reinforcements of in a way until he's a hundred percent again, you know, I mean, the only other thing as the, as the other guy, I think they're probably going to joke around with Brandon Cutler for a little bit just cause he's there. And Michael Nakazawa. <laughs> oh man. Please don't bring Nakazawa back. No. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, no. Uh, but I, I look at, okay. I think it's going to lead to, it's gonna have to lead to the civil war. At all out, the humbugs loses. Cole and O'Reilly Fish win the trios. Of course, they get you know. Then the OG Bullet Club comes, good good brothers, and then you got Kenny Omega making the rescue, and then there you have it. It's gonna happen. I, I mark my word, it's gonna happen. That's if Omega is ready. But right now he's too busy with you know with the release of the game console, which by the way it looks fantastic. It's, Shout out THQ for doing a great job, and I cannot wait. Pre-order your and fight forever, all elite. I, I got a lot of shit about to say about that too, but I'll digress on that too. Because <laughs> I think the game looks dope, and I, you know, just real quick, everybody who was playing WWE two K two K games, they were all like, "Oh, we wanted to go back to an arcade style. There's too much real match simulation." And all of a sudden, AEW gives you an arcade style game, and it's like, "Oh, it doesn't look realistic like the two K games." Fuck you. <laughs> like, Man, that game looks fire. Like, I can't wait for that game to come out. Oh, man. Me neither. Me neither. All right. Rick Baker and Jamie Hayter versus, of course, Thunderstorm, Thunder Rosa, and Tony Storm. Uh, hmm. Very quick. I, I just realized, too. Which, um, now, so ever since TK, I, I think TK is watching what Hunter is doing. I think he is. I don't. I'll give a shit if you guys don't believe me, but I feel Tony Khan is watching the product. He is watching WWE. He's watching. He, what he said he did on a. He said he did on a um a podcast. I believe he did a podcast called My Mom's Basement Podcast. Oh, and yes, he did mention that he does watch WWE Raw and SmackDown. He said he's a fan of wrestling before anything, and I watch everything. So That's he's great. he's watching the product, and he's always mentioning their ratings. So like he's definitely viewing the product. Oh yeah. And um, so I, I'm pretty sure he didn't mention their their raw ratings this week, did he? I don't I don't know if he did. I no. wonder if he did. No, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> you don't want to talk about don't touch shit, Tony God. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. Uh, but other than that, he did give this four women did had a long. This was over a little bit ten minutes. If I'm correct, I don't know. Uh, it felt over ten minutes for me. It didn't feel under. But you know, kind of you know. For me, shout out to all these four women. Did a great job. One scary moment was when I don't know if you noticed that Hater was when he as she was pinning uh, Tony Storm. That drop kick from Rosa out of nowhere, man! Yeah, that was right on the money. Right on the money. That shit was scary because it could lead to uh, injury, breaking your back. I don't. Yes. Ah, man, this bad. Yes. Hey, no. They did a great job, and I think uh, they – I'm enjoying – I want to see what they're going to go next with it. I don't know if eventually we're going to see – you get a belt, and you get a belt, 
We get AEW Women's Tag Team titles. Oh, no, if it does happen. But in AEW women's trios titles. <laughs> oh no, it's gonna happen. Jesus. Just make it a mixed one, like triple A. Mix, mix tag titles, like trios, mixed trios. Why not? I mean shit. Yeah. Why not? But we'll see. We'll see down the line. Take it away, Danero. Your thoughts on this match. I thought it was good to see the women get a lot of time and a lot of shine. I thought that this was a really good matchup. And if you look at the caliber of the four women that was in the ring, then you were, you have to expect a good matchup. Um, I thought it was a nice touch also to have Jamie Hayter get the victory. And then she now gets a title shot against Thunder Rosa at Battle for the Belts. So I think that, you know, Jamie Hayter is a good wrestler and I don't want her to be stuck in Britt Baker's shadow. So it's good that she got a little shine on this uh, episode here. Oh, no, she did definitely. Uh, and I was happy for her, man. It's about time we need to see Jamie Hayter up there. Yep. Matt Callis. Yeah, De Niro took the words right out of my mouth with Jamie Hayter. She she was such a great, you know, singles competitor back during her stardom days when she had the half blonde, half, you know, half black hairstyle. You know, she had this very distinctive look that everybody knew her from, but she kind of left it behind. So she's got like a new look in AEW, but she kind of has to, you know, bring out a little bit more of that. Yeah, of that old singles era, uh, Jamie Hader, you know, you know, in this match, I, it may have been a tag team, but I'd rather see a lot of these matchups more, more as singles, you know, and, you know, I, but we're, it leads to it later on down the line though. So Thunder Rosa versus Jamie Hader, I'm definitely looking forward to it big time, you know, that, that, that'll be a really good one, and we'll get to see that, you know, that that Gaijin Joshi, Gaikokujin Joshi, Joshi flavor. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I see what you mean. All right. And, of course, oh, I'm going to miss him. But I'm, Taz announced it. Team Taz is no mas. It's over. They ran their Take course. The, yeah. It was fun while it lasted. Take a picture. <laughs> Look at it right there. The homeboys right there. Hey, it is oh, all over. The hell is hook wearing? Fun well less. High water. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a, oh, <laughs> was he? Uh, <laughs> the high water leathers. What the hell is he wearing? Ivan, I need to start giving you the Simpsons wrestling mm-hmm. memes because, like, one of the one of the most recent memes is like Hook asking his dad, "Is like, Dad, what's the point of this belt?" And then Taz is like, "I like belts." <laughs> 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 so, I, like, I mean, I like Simpsons wrestling well, meme. You know, how do you feel, man? And how do you feel about Team Taz no more? Are you fun while it lasted? What are your thoughts? You know, they're, they're, with with all the different turns, you know, Ricky Stark's baby face, Hook baby face. You know, the utility of it isn't quite there. But I guess you know, Taz could be a manager for his son. We could get a little, maybe a little bit of that down the line, kind of how Ric Flair was doing manager stuff for his daughter with Charlotte. So we could get a little bit of that flavor. He'll be a you good know. mouthpiece for Hook, for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, and his, and his dad would do a pretty good job, especially we've seen a lot of good father-son manager type things going on, you know, and, and there is that the audience kind of has something they can empathize with. You know, it's like, oh, no, what if that's my dad or what if that's my son? And that's something the audience kind of gets hooked on to because yeah. they see, you know, a family, 
a relationship that they could relate to with that. So I know there, there's going to be a lot of that. Uh, that's something they should definitely pull the trigger on. And it could work either babyface or heel, you know, either or. So, you know, I, I, down the line, you know, another father-son duel. And then we're about in the next segment, we're going to talk about another father-son's thing. You know, is that the next segment, Ivan? Oh, wait, another father. No, no, no. The next segment is pretty much, uh, which is pretty and the cage. But yeah, but we'll, we'll, we get De Niro didn't talk about. Oh, that's right. So, oh, just team says, like, I, I think they ran their course. Um, I really did like the team of Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, but since Taz was a regular on commentator commentary like lately, I don't think that Taz really played a part in this whole team to begin with for like the last couple months. So it wasn't really Team Taz; it was just Starks and Hobbs. So you know, I, I feel like you know Team Taz being no more, it's fine because Team Taz was already no more if you think about it. Like Hook wasn't associated with them ever since he started wrestling, and then when. Uh, Starks and Hobbs was a tag team. Taz wasn't coming down with them to ringside. He was on commentary. So, like, we haven't really had Team Taz. This was just, you know, them finally announcing it. So, it's probably going to just be what it has been. Yeah, it is. It is unfortunate. All right, Matt Hardy versus Christian Cage. Another Monday Night Raw match here in the Attitude Era, ladies and gentlemen. Run it back. Shout out to the... Shout out to the person in the front row who had a uh, sign that said, I played this matchup on No Mercy on N64. <laughs> oh, I want to look so for that specific. picture. Yeah, oh, if you go. I had to look for that. No, fucking way. They really put that? Oh, yeah, was somebody with, that. yeah, I think, hold on. I think someone had it on uh, the Botchamania Facebook page. I'm going to go on right now. Oh, no way. Let <laughs> put that. Oh, genius. I loved it, but... But, I don't hey, know you if you see it, but oh yeah, okay now yeah, there you. <laughs> and then if you look, it was <laughs> oh my awkward picture, right? Jesus. Yeah, for real. <laughs> I'm not a wrestling fan. I see that while I'm scrolling down. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I'm scrolling down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but you know what? I give it a match. He's still, he still got it. He's still moving around, but uh, I think it's, it's about time for him to retire. I cannot believe this shit. Well, believe it, Tucker, because he should. Because I think it's about time for, of course, Matt Hardy to bye bye. But we we'll wait because we have to wait for your brother Willow, brother Nero. We have to wait till he comes back. And for you guys to get your last taxi pedal. Wonderful. Yes, wonderful. Exactly. But I enjoyed it. It was okay. Of course, we just see Jungle Boy coming out, trying to make the save and becoming a man. He's becoming a man. A real man's man. But <laughs> I, I'm going to say this right now. That backstage shit, I was not sold. He looked too serious. Like when he came out of the car, Okay, he tried to run over Christian. I did like that part. He came out and he's trying to like, hey, I just didn't like his like his serious like he yeah. like face is not like it's not selling to me. It's not selling me. It's not selling me. His uh, it's not investing me what he's doing. Um, it's just like you look like you're like want to laugh, that you're having fun, but you look like I would have gone crazy yeah. like having have those security guards hold me back. You motherfucker! 
Like, you know, yes, I will go crazy. Oh, like you motherfuckers. You think you can do this to me? That's right. You gotta be like that crazy, damn it. That fucking crazy. Man, Jungle Boy, you need what Vince always says. I want to save the corners. Because, you know, you need that ruthless aggression. You do. You need it. Ruthless aggression. We got to see it more, Jungle Boy. Eventually, we're going to see it all out. So that's going to happen. But take it away, Daniel. Um, For the segment, the segment was okay. Like, I understand what they're trying to portray, but... You know, I would like to see Jungle Boy actually, like, this is what I don't get. Like, you have someone talking shit about your dead dad and your mother. Like, it shouldn't have to be, like, you acting to get this, like, type of energy from you. Like, it should be kind of natural. Like, just put yourself, if this was real, like, someone's talking about your dead dad, you should want to just kill him. You know what I mean? So, like, I think that it would be a little bit better if it was a little bit more realistic. But as for the matchup, um, yeah. The matchup was decent. I, I do agree. Like, I think that we were seeing, like, the final days of Matt Hardy, like, wrestling. Um, he looked like he had, like, knee issues. Uh, I don't know. Like, all due respect to Matt Hardy. I'm a big Hardy Boys fan, but I, I don't want to see him get hurt by going out there and thinking he can still go, especially going through tables like he did. Like, to be honest, the matchup, I don't think this matchup needed to happen. I, I, I don't want Matt Hardy to get hurt, and he's the guy who got hurt a couple times in the last couple years, so... I would like to prevent that from happening. So, nonetheless, the matchup was all right. Yeah. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> all right. You know, Matt Hardy, uh, he, I think his, his specialty in this time period should be in more, like, promos and management. And, you know, he's, he's great on the mic right now. You know, he, he should probably do more of that because, you know, it's more, you know, Broken Matt Hardy's isn't known for the moves. It's for the, you know, the, it's for the words, the wonderful, you know, all that mm. stuff, you know, and, and them transporting to different universes and all that good times, you know, that that's what we watch it for. We don't watch it. It ain't stunt 101 anymore. It's time space continuum 101, you know, we ain't the G unit. <laughs> <laughs> Me, <G>. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't stunt 101 <laughs> it ain't it ain't that no no oh this is the one that i'm intrigued and i want to see what's this gonna happen and i'm talking about with ethan page so right now we know that um scorpio stopped with an injury uh unfortunately american top team they need to obviously so, you know, step up the game on their camp because after all we saw UFC 277, uh, Nunes is no longer their part of their camp. So mm. Nunes got a new training partner, a, a new a new camp that she has because you know she left because of this. You know, obviously having you know them getting involved with professional wrestling with too just too much distraction and looks like and right now they need to focus on making American Top Team more serious. And that's why I'm kind of glad. I'm going to miss... Uh, I can't believe I forgot his name. I cannot Dan believe it. Well, what is it again? Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert. I'm going to miss Dan Lambert. Uh, but it has fun course. Now we need to see something different from Ethan Page. Stokely came out, which I'm intrigued. Now I want to see where they're going to go with this. I am... Because remember, he gave it to Lee Moriarty and now Ethan Page. 
This is going to be intriguing to see. I'm really, really excited of what we're going to get. And, of course, uh, this is, like, again, another one busting a Ricky, uh, busting an MJF. Like, oh, I'm tired. I want my moment to shine. I want to, it's about, should be, it's about me. Where's my brass ring, damn it? It should have been me. But no, too bad. Too bad, man. But, I mean, I just hope this is not another situation where it leads to nothing. Because we see a lot of that. Like, we see, like, these little things and they lead to nothing. There hasn't been any mention of anything with Lee Moriarty. And now, like, we got Ethan Page. And, you know, during the segment, it was really weird. Like, Stokely was just standing there in the ring. Like, at least put your hands in your pockets. Your arms were just dangling. It was weird. But <laughs> he was just, like, standing there, like, awkward. And then he says something to Ethan Page. And Ethan Page walks off with him. But this is the second week in a row that we see this. But there was no mention of anything else after this. Or of what happened last week with... Uh, with um, Lee Moriarty on Rampage. So I hope that this doesn't lead to nothing. I hope that we do see someone like Ethan Page elevated because of this. Because Ethan Page has all the talent in the world. He could talk. He has the size. There should be no reason why this guy is not in, you know, upper mid-card matches. Thank you. Thank you. Hold on. No, wait, wait, wait. This. Why is it Let let me do do that again. Yo, let's give a quick shout out to Christina Apple. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so confused. I don't don't, why Christina Apple. Why? Okay, it's it's an Eric Andre joke. It's an Eric Andre reference. (laughs) Okay, fine. All right, all right. I was waiting for a curveball there because hey, we had (laughs) awful mom. (laughs) <laughs> we were, we were, we were, I was waiting for a curveball. That's what I was Eric, waiting for. Eric Andre. Oh, okay. I have to go back and look at that. Or send it to us in the chat. But, Word. yeah, I mean, go ahead, McAllis. What are, are you intrigued? What can we see? What's next for Ethan Page and Stokely? What's, what is Stokely up to? What the hell they got, is he up to? They got more fellas coming to this faction. I guess he's going to be the baddie Ethan Page now. Oh, God. What? <laughs> oh, God. He's going to sit in the baddie section. No, like, no. Cut the shit. <laughs> cut, cut the shit. No. It's, it's going to be doing that. Oh, man. Whatever, whatever baby face is going to face Ethan Page is like, Ethan Page, that ain't your wife. <laughs> Go oh, home. No. Go home. Oh, no. Wife. And that, that, that's, that's his whole promo. <laughs> and that's gonna be like that, like whatever babyface uses that. That's gonna be his new catchphrase. Ethan Page, that ain't your wife. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. Did there any final thoughts? Would you be? Are you intrigued? What do you think? What is? What can you predict of this? Are we seeing another faction grow in the making? Do we see I, that I think happening? we are. I think we are, but. I mean, I I don't know. I don't see anything coming out of this unless, like, you do something with Impact. Not Impact Wrestling, but, like, make an impact on the show, I mean. Right? Like, have have Lee Moriarty and Ethan Page next week come out during the main event or something and just jump whoever's in the main event. Like, I, that's actually a good idea. Like, after John Moxley beats Chris Jericho, have Ethan Page and Lee Moriarty with Stokely Hathaway come out and jump John Moxley. Put him in there against upper talent because 
that's how you're going to like make this mean something. Like if they go in there and they fucking feud with Dante Martin and Matt Seidel, like <laughs> come on, like no disrespect to them, but like it's not really going to mean anything. You're going to get a few dark AW dark matches and maybe a rampage main event. You're not going to get like real elevation, and you want to elevate your game. And guys like Ethan Page and even Lee Moriarty. Like these are guys that you want to take to the next level and elevate them. And I'm not talking AEW elevation either. Gosh, <laughs> impact wrestling elevation. Like what the fuck I'm doing? What the hell did you just say? You know, you know, you know I gotta, I gotta say this about, I gotta say this about Ethan Page and Stokely feuding with like Matt Seidel and Dante Martin. That's kind of like Escalator Land and and uh, it's like Escalator Land and and. Uh, in uh whatever that show was it's like hey when do we get on the ride this is the ride (laughs) (laughs) like ethan's like when are we gonna get our big opponent this is the opponent (laughs) do you know that matt seidel was a former wwe like tag team champion like i don't know man like that's what but honestly like all jokes aside that's what they do though like we have somebody start a faction and then like they make no impact like, go attack the main event. Like, that would be something that would leave – that would give John Moxley at least, like, two opponents until CM Punk comes back. Uh, you could do Ethan Page versus John Moxley for the title. You could do e- Lee Moriarty against John Moxley. Especially, like, Lee Moriarty was another guy that Brian Danielson was saying, what could we do with him if he joined the Blackpool Combat Club? If you remember, like, he was one of the names. They said Lee Moriarty, Willa Yuta, and Daniel Garcia. So, like, there's some ties there. So, you could do something like that. But if joining Stokely means you're still in the mid-card, then why join Stokely? Yeah. I mean, that, right. it's it's just curious to see what they're going to – if they mix it with the women as well, like, I would like to see that, especially with Jay Cardio. So, I'm I'm intrigued of what they're going to – you know, what next level they're going to do. Uh, so, I, we'll just have to wait and see. Coming up in these upcoming weeks, heading into All Out, since we're already heading toward that direction. Word. Uh, speaking of the good match coming out of Mox and uh, Ethan Page, that would be a great matchup. Oh yeah, hell yeah, I think it would be. Speaking of direction, direction is a no-no. I just want to say it right now. Oh yeah, you want to get choked out? You get want to get choked? I'll choke you out. Oh yeah, you want to choke out too? You, oh, I'll choke you out. Let's go. Yeah, I'll choke you out. Jungle Boy, get <sighs> your girl. She's drunk. Uh, <laughs> she, she is. She was like, drunk. I'm the. She's like, I'm the sexiest wrestler in the world. I'm the most dangerous wrestler. I'm also good at, at tiling the roof. I'm also good at uh, – I could drive trucks. I'm good at yeah. science. What? <laughs> it's like Anna Jay's new, new gimmick's going to be like, I'm good at everything. What? And they better not run with this Anna J-A-S. That's the stupidest name ever. Like, <laughs> Oh, no, she is. <laughs> well, no, she is. It's, uh, I can't say it out loud because I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but other than that, yes, that segment. <laughs> I had to. I had to do. No, it's just. Oh, my God. I had to do it to him. I had to do it to Twice already did it for Anna J. I mean, I'm sorry. Ever since she left, you know, the Dark Order, she, she went with Jack. I'm sorry, this doesn't fit. She needs bike work, man. She needs some bike work for sure. I'm sorry. Hey, turn, but I'm a turn pro wrestling face. fan. She it's too needs soon. My work. Oh, man. I don't know. I, 
You tell me, Dinero. She needs fucking mic work. What's going on? Nah, yeah, she definitely needs mic work. And is her gimmick now? She like chokes everybody out. Like it, it never really was her like forte. Like when she was a baby, she wasn't a submission style wrestler, was she? Like I don't remember her being a submission style wrestler. So now all of a sudden she chokes people out. Like it just doesn't fit her, and it comes off mad corny as hell. Like I don't know, it, 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 it's just corny. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't. It's just, uh... And changing the... Right. And a J-A-S. Like, man, that's almost as bad as Nikki A-S-H. Like, stop that shit. <laughs> Cut it out. Cut it out. Anna J needs to get in her car, make a U-turn back to Babyfaceville so she doesn't Word. end up in, in Jobberville. It's like, like, oh, no, make maybe a double turn. It's like, like oh, I was, I was put here by the Dark Order to infiltrate or whatever. I don't know. Her finisher was the queen. Her is the queen slayer, which is a sleeper. I we know that, yeah. but the it's, weird it's, it's a fucking. Uh... Nah, I I forgot her finisher. So thank you, Dan, because I I didn't know if that was like something that she was doing to people before she was a uh, a heel. Like, because now all of a sudden she chokes people out. Like, but I guess geez. that goes to show that she wasn't able to make it memorable, especially. For us that watch the show week in and week out, like I remember, yeah. it, but I didn't remember it was called that. Yeah, all I can tell you that the guy she choked out that was memorable for him, so I know he should be pretty happy. I'll tell you that <laughs> right now. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Uh, he is. And I'll work for free that night. Uh, is that right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's for sure. Who wouldn't want to work for free for that? That is Hell yeah. Yes, that's right. All right, we get to another attitude era. We're gonna get into a, another attitude dumpster match. Why do I say it's an attitude era? Because of course, bringing oh, in, of you course, know? you didn't know your ass, but of course, somebody. Why did fucking Judge Road Dog didn't show up, man? Look at this. Of course, we this the attitude era we had here. Look at that. That is right. Oh man. That's right. Cactus Jack, Chainsaw Charlie versus the New Age Outlaws. We had, of course, the dumb stirrer match, uh, which is <laughs> the acclaimed <laughs> versus the gun club. Yes, a dumb stir match. I called it that way. But, I didn't expect you to say it like that. I, was it what? I mean, it was a fucking holiday. I mean, was it, I'm not saying it was the best or the worst. It was just a fill-in for me. But good to see them over, you know. Good to see the claim over against the ass boys. Uh, but that fall, though, that fall, that was, nasty. that was nasty. So that's why I called it the dumpster match because it was like, uh, <laughs> but, it, but it was a nasty fall. But it was, you know, coming event, not bad. Good for the acclaim. They got over. Sister Big Daddy. Right. <laughs> Take it away, Denaro, for this dumpster match. I feel like this is another case of AEW doing gimmick matches just to have a gimmick match per show. Like, this didn't have to be a dumpster matchup. They just trying to rehash some shit that the WWE did back in the 90s. And, you know, especially with Billy Gunn being involved in that segment back in the 90s, they're trying to rehash that here. Um, I don't know. Like, it could have just been a street fight. I feel like they could have had their dumpster spot in the matchup but it could have just been a street fight like just to have a dumpster matchup it, it just is weird like that 
it's also weird because they don't really build up to these things. Like it's like, oh well, this week we're having a dumpster match. Next week we're having a ladder match. Next week after that, we're having a lights out match. It's like there's no build up to the gimmick match. So does the gimmick match really matter if it's not being built up to? Like that that's the only thing that bothers me. Um, shout out to Max Caster's rap, especially the Vince McMahon line. That was pretty dope. Um, I like the matchup, and I think that's a matter of time before we see Road Dog because even if you notice the subtleties, right? Go look at Max Caster's tights and the design, and look at the Road Dog's attire for WrestleMania 14 in the Dumpsters match. The tight design was identical, and I knew that because I literally on the wrestling delivery. How did anybody pitch tights to that? Oh, okay, okay. Remember, I said on this show a couple weeks ago that I could see Road Dog getting involved with this storyline, and now we're seeing more like hat nods to the New Age Outlaw. So. It'll be interesting. And Road Dogg is very vocal. He said that he thinks that he could do a lot of good for AEW and he could help structure their show, which I would be interested in them bringing him in as a backstage role. But nonetheless, you know, this matchup itself, that spot at the end, it actually flipped over. That could have ended in a real bad injury. I know they had like the little foam, whatever you call those like foam little nuggets that they put in like packaging, like the packaging foam inside the dumpster. But honestly that could have ended really bad because if you remember when that happened to Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie, it just landed on its side. Oh, yeah. This fully flipped over. Like, that could have ended in a couple broken bones. So, oh. thank God Austin and Colton Gunn are okay because God God knows what could have happened. So, for sure, like, I'm glad that they're okay. Oh, man. Definitely, indeed. Matt Callis. I gotta say that um, aside from the spots in the match, yeah, I, I gotta say it was a good moment for the acclaim to really be, you know, somewhat in a more in a more prominent position, you know. Because I remember when they started out as they were they were just guys on dark, so they went from dark and they rose up through the ranks, you know. And so yeah. were so was the Gun Club though over the years, and. And and you really got to see them blossom as a group. I mean, I listened. I just recently listened to Anthony Bowen's uh, appearance on Chris Jericho's podcast, and I listened to how they were put together. The acclaim really is Tony Khan's brainchild. Like he put them together as a group. He came up with the name. You know, that was originally what Tony Khan wanted to call Chris Jericho's faction. He didn't want mm. to call them inner circle. He wanted to call them the acclaimed. He wanted it to be like you know Buddy Holly and the Crickets. He wanted it to be Chris Jericho and the acclaimed <laughs> was originally, oh, originally. but it, it was kind of cool seeing them like in this prominent spot, you know, being dominant as a tag team. I mean, it would have just a regular match, I think, would have worked as well, just as well, if not, you know, if not better. You know, we can kind of get to see them work as you know, rather than with the weapons, you got to kind of see them, you know work with the tools in the arsenal. It's kind of like, you know, if I compare the music, it's like a guitar player without the effects, you mm. know, without the, what, when you don't got the weapons, you got to strip it down. You know, we're doing a stripped down show at a small venue. You know, I feel you like AEW goes backwards though. Like with that, like they always start out with the gimmick match. And then the next match is the regular singles match or the regular yeah, tag team match. But, it's like, you don't build up to the gimmick match. You work backwards and it's a little weird because I'm not, you know, I, I'm actually going to quote Brian last on this and Jim Cornette. It's like, it's the cart before the horse. They say, mm. oh. and here, and here's another, here's another saying, because I, I think Brian last talked about this with the gimmick matches in AEW. 
and then no build up to them. It's like, you know, I'll show up on the episode the week before and I'll be like, and, and hit you with a pen. I'll throw a pen at one of you. And then Tony Khan will re- book it like right at that, like two minutes later, Tony, it's word from Tony Khan. He booked them in a pen match next week on dynamite. A good <laughs> penmanship match. So it's, it's not, it's that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's, I feel like they work backwards. It's, it's insane. Just like we saw, you know, last year we saw the blood and guts match as the first match between inner circle and the pinnacle. And then, we got regular matches after that. It was like, why are you working backwards? You should be building up to the gimmick. But contrary to what makes I sense, said, makes sense. Yes, you know, contrary to what I said, I like the Mimosa Mayhem match. <laughs> Man, just that matchup was for my, for my just because I like drinking mimosas. And I, think- I had friends over for the first time watching AEW, and to be honest, like a lot of them, were like, what the fuck are we watching? I'm like, damn, this is bad. <laughs> I mean, they go <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Chris Jericho is just chilling in the mimosa. I'm like, it's not always like this, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh Jake is feeling. Oh, man. But hey, the last boy, Zig. That... You got knocked the fuck out. Oh, right in that trash can. Yes, he did. That trash bin. Yes, that's, that's heavy. I'm scary, too. Mm-hmm. The main event now for ladies and gentlemen for Dynamite. And that is Chris Jericho, the Kajote versus Wheeler Yuta. Man, I'm going to say this very quick, man. I can say this right now. I'm glad to see the old Jericho. I love when he when he brought back the double arm underhook to the knee. I haven't seen that in a long time. I was really happy to see that. Thanks. It's the lion tamer, too. Lion tamer. Oh! oh, my God. You know, awesome performance for Jericho. Uh, and yeah, he still got it, man. That's why he's a good joke. And, but I, I'm funny thing is, cause you know, shout out to Joe from the ring because they mentioned, you know, we could see a title change. They are going to Canada though. So shout out to all the, all the Canadian listeners out there and the fans here. You guys will be having your experience of watching Dynamite Rampage in October as they'll be heading to, uh, to Toronto, Canada. So man, that's the fellow Canadians. That is right. So I mean, it could happen, man. This it, it could happen, and it, it's insane that you know Jericho is you know from Winnipeg. So I mean, that this could be a a shocker, you know, if he actually pulls the upset of any Moxley and heads to Canada as a world champion. I mean, that'll be that'll be something. But I mean, I cannot wait to see. One question I want to ask: two part question. Are we gonna see a lion tamer? The, the Lion Tamer costume. Are we going to see the whole ring attire? Are we going to see the Lion Tamer ring attire? Jericho was that bring Will he bring that back? That's the biggest question I have. So I'll take it to you, Matt Callis, the overall about the main event, and will he bring that ring attire back? I think he can. I think he can bring that that ring attire back. And then with the, this match, you really get to see kind of. I don't know if Chris Jericho was on a – he did have that win last time, but it, it feels like he's been on kind of like a down slump, and he's kind of getting a little bit of momentum back up the runway. You know, he went – it's like a U pattern. It's a little bit down. He's, like, going to come back up for this one. I don't I don't think he's going to come out with the win in the next week, and it does – I don't know what it, – it would kind of throw booking in such a weird place, you know, if Jericho comes out with that win. 
you know. Not, then you would do CM Punk versus Jericho instead yeah, which, of uh, Mox versus seen, Punk. Which we've yeah. seen before. And, you know, I know Tanahashi wants a rematch with, with, with Jericho, but I don't they they don't they don't need the belt to have that rematch, so it you know. But overall, I I like the match, and it just kind of shows just kind of where Wheeler Yuta is in terms of you know his abilities, kind of how they want him presented. You know, not as like you know he could win any if he won this match. I'd be like, whoa, slow down there, mm. cowboy. Hey, slow down, cowboys. <laughs> Bring it on back, Wheeler. Bring it on back. <laughs> Yo, do you guys ever watch uh what's his name? Conan and Disco Inferno's podcast? I do. I, I, listen, to, I, do, I listen to I, it. I really don't watch it, but I listen to it. Do you listen to how they call Wheeler Utah Wheeler Utah? Yeah. <laughs> oh man, Disco Wheeler, man. Utah. He's something, Utah. He's Utah. something else, man. He is something else. Oh my God, man! But De Niro, give us your thoughts about this main event, my brother. This matchup was good. I liked that Willa Yuta like was able to hang with someone like Chris Jericho, and I liked that Chris Jericho pulled out a lot of like glimpses of past Jericho, and I think that that's only going to bring you know more intrigue to next week because this matchup was like the little preview. Like he was showing you like he still could pull out some of these moves, like the backbreaker and like the lion tamer. So. I think that it's going to be awesome. As for him coming out in full, like, Lionheart gear, that will be fire. Like, Ooh. I would love that. Last time we saw that was ECW One Night Stand. Like, he came back with the Lionheart vest and the pants. Oh, and yes. That. Like, yes, that will be yes. cool. Um, They made – I think they literally just made an action figure of Classic yes, Jericho. Yes, so, even did. if he pulled out that gear, like, that will be – it will go with the action figure. It would be awesome. So, I think that for sure because they're alluding to it too much – that is going to be old Jericho, the last survivor, the heart dungeon, Lionheart Jericho. I think that by them alluding to that so much, it would be a little bit of a letdown if he came back last, well, next week with his regular black, you know, tights and his inner circle tights. Like, be old school Jericho for one night. Like, that's the coolest part of AEW. Like, they're able to do stuff like that. They're able to bring that, like, a little nostalgia, like, we don't see in WWE. Like, in WWE, everything's like pushing forward, but you never see, like, the little nod to like the past gimmicks you know what i mean like once you change your gimmick you don't go back it was rare that kane put the mask back on after he took it off like so that's why it's like weird when you see stuff like this because it's cool like you know you fantasy book things like when you play a video game like sometimes you don't want to play as the current undertaker you want to play as like ministry of darkness undertaker or something so it's cool that aw does things like that so i think that next week it'll be awesome if he brought back the uh Yellow pants with the black stripes, uh huh. Just like, yes. Got, oh yes, just like the WCW action figure with the little kitty cat. Yes, <laughs> 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 what he did. I brought it up last it. week, right? Oh yes, I'll fucking we posted. Yeah, we saw it last week on top five. I will <laughs> fucking hell yeah. If he does, yeah. oh my god, if he does bring that back, I'll be oh, so epic. That's Yo, if he brings back the old school music too. Oh, that'll be even better. Oh, that would be better. Like, I don't know if he owns like his old uh Lionheart WCW gimmick. I don't think he's gonna be able to get that music. Hey, he can make a phone call, man. Hey, yeah, you know, I mean, make a phone call to Paul Levesque now or Stephanie. You call him, hey, yeah. pal. You know, we're trying to make a movie here. So, hey, I mean, we saw Chris Jericho on Raw a few weeks back giving a shout out to John Cena. 
So why not do something for Jericho? Jericho, yes. do something for you. A favor. That is that is right. And of course, speaking of right, make sure, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow, of course, it is. Let's see, let's see. Lion, Lion Hart was his gimmick in ECW first. No, of course, is yes, yes, it was. It was. Man, his, his matches with uh Taz and Shane Douglas, his match with Sabu. His ECW run was very short, but his ECW run was memorable. He was ECW television champion. Yes, yes, he was. Yes, he was. And of course, tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, is Rampage. Make sure there you go for the debut of Madison Rain. Keith Lee and Swerve Stringer versus Tony Nese and Josh Woods. I'm intrigued to see that how this chemistry is going to you know, develop between these four individuals, especially with Woods making his debut, uh, which I think he made his debut on Dark, I think. I, I don't recall. Matt Warner, for God's sakes, versus John Moxley received in you know for the AEW championship. Not interim, no. He's the world fucking champion, Tony Khan. Jesus Christ. You know what would be cool uh, if for the Mance Warner matchup, if they also put on the line the GCW heavyweight champion. Because John Moxley's current GCW champion and Mance Warner's a GCW wrestler, it would have made sense to have that title on the line as well. That's that's where they should open up. CW AEW partnership, you know. I mean, sure. Well, yeah, Nick Gage on uh, AEW Dynamite last year, and he was a part of the GCW roster. Uh, and and John Moxley's been their champion for a minute now. Yeah. So like, come on, I acknowledge something. It. Yeah. yeah, he's worn the GCW shirt on on Dynamite before. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, oh, we don't have to wait to see. I mean, I'll be shocked if he let's say he does put on the line right, and then he loses it. Two, two match Warner, old man Royal, old man I mean, he would he, he uh because he won that battle royal right in the Ric Flair's one. What was it? What was it, uh, the dust? What was it called? I it was a uh, bunkhouse battle royal. Oh, okay. okay, that's what it's called, bunkhouse battle royal. All right, and one more actually here that we have that was announced thanks to Dan Cage by IQ. He announced it to us, but we want to give our brief thoughts. Um, Blake Christian is all elite and ROH as he signed mm-hmm. a deal now with Ring of Honor and AEW. I hell of a talent. Hell of a talent. He is the first person to go to almost every damn promotion, especially the NXT, which, oh. He could have done so good right now in NXT. He could have been the North American champion right now if they would have believed in him. Believe in Blake Christian, but they did it. Blake Christian, yeah. he actually deserves a Ring of Honor title shot. Oh, that's right. Because at the GCW, World on GCW event, it was supposed to be Jonathan Gresham versus Blake Christian. Jonathan Gresham couldn't make the matchup. So they announced that Blake Christian will get a future Ring of Honor title shot when Ring of Honor comes back. So he should be getting a shot at uh, Claudio Castagnoli. Talk about it, man. Give us your thoughts yeah. about Blake Christian. Talk about it. Preach I, it. I think he's a hell of a talent. He's definitely – he's young. He's very talented. He's got a lot of skill. And I think he's a guy who is going to really come into his own and be a big star. Because, like, he, he's also such a genuinely nice guy. Like, I've had conversations with him. He's a very cool guy. So I think that it will be – it's nice to see good people get good opportunities. You know what I mean? So I definitely am really excited for him. You, you know, 
I'll say this about Blake Christian. He's probably my favorite wrestler to share gifts of on Twitter. I think one of my favorite moves, because everybody thinks about the moonsault, that's a backflip. Shooting star mm-hmm. shooting star press, that's a front flip. But he's got that, he's got a sideways flip where he flips his body this way while jumping off. And I and I always thought of that as a move, but he made that reality. So I I can't wait to see that on AEW television. He yeah. did. Uh, didn't Osprey did do it too? That, didn't at some point it's, Osprey it's, did? It's different than a corkscrew. Like you jump, but then you turn, well, just turn this way. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you, but I, but that's what I'm trying to think if Osprey ever. I don't happened. remember if Osprey I during his uh, like young career, like him and him and Ricochet, early, I, early like when he was a junior heavyweight. I'm but curious. Speaking of Osprey, Blake Christian versus Will Osprey, Warrior Wrestling. We'll definitely watch um, it. Hmm. That's right. Definitely watch it. And of course, man, shout out to Impact, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this year highlights, uh, at least for this uh, Impact that happened tonight on Thursday. Shout out to PCO and Doc Gallows. They had a, had a sensational street fight. Uh, drum sit everywhere. Oh my God. This was insane. <laughs> you better, yes, gotta watch it. Yeah, congrats. Yes. Oh, yes, Bats. definitely. Congrats. Bats, that's right. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, we haven't heard all day. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. So much spit came on that fucking microphone. Say it. Don't spray it, Batista. Say it. Don't spray it, Batista. Jesus. But, man, shout out to Impact once again. Uh, they're doing another great job. And, you know, it's funny. I, I read a comment from Sam Callen. I think it was in a podcast. And he literally said that it's – he pretty much said – what TK is about to say right now? That's fucking bullshit. <laughs> that basically we that we don't have time to watch Impact. Well, we'll make time for it. Don't worry, we will do that for you because we're definitely for sure. Next Friday we'll get into it, but I'll bring up the card now for Impact mm. Emergence coming Friday, August twelfth. This is going to be an insane match because the card you have Honor No More versus the Bullet Club. Woohoo! I'm excited for that. One. Hell yeah! Of course, we have Kushida and Chris Sabin. Oh man, I thought it was gonna be a time time um, splitters, but not no, it's not. So versus, of course, violent by design. Bandito is, of course, an impact versus Oros. You know, Jordan Grace defending the Impact Women's Champion versus Mia Yim. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, Jack Evans versus uh, Speedball Mike Valley. Oh, the winner of that one. Jack Evans, baby. Word. Jack Evans from the heavens. Oh, what you're gonna be there, Devin? Oh man, yo, you should vlog it, bro. Yeah, hell yeah, vlog it, brother. That's gonna be an intense. Hell yeah, I don't want to have this plan if they lose, but they win, they get a oh, okay, okay, if they lose, but okay, that's yeah, that's fair. I like, I like Josh Alexander, but I'm gonna go and say I would love if Alex Shelley won this title. Alex Shelley was a member of Impact for many years. I think he deserves to be the champion. You deserve it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, he deserves it. Oh, my God. That does happen. (laughs) But you know what? You know what else I want from Mike Shelley? I want him to ask out Maki Ito finally. Like, after. (laughs) Give me what I want. (laughs) You want? Give Matt what he wants, man. Maki, I won the Impact title. Well, do you want to go get ice cream or go to a movie or something? Hi. <laughs> he said, 
She'll be like, no, there you go. <laughs> she she calls him Alex Googly. That's what, what she call that's what she calls him. What, what Alex what? Alex Googly? Simply. Simply. Oh, Alex, like simply. Simply. I simply I simply I could tell because he wants in the machine to do it. Oh man, and that'll be fantastic. Yep, my oh man, hell yeah, Devin. Vlog it, oh, brother. What's we, up, man? That's awesome, man. That's right. You're taking your Travel phone Chief too. That's Day. dope. That's right. The Travel Chief of Podcasting and, of course, the Prince of the Travel Chief of Podcasting are going to go see uh, Impact Emergence. Man, vlog it, brother. I'm looking forward to You're going to have a good time. Impact always puts on a great live show. I've been to many live Impact shows, man. You're going to have a good yeah. time. In, Impact, Absolutely. you know, I'll say, I think I've said it before, but I'll say Impact's in-ring, pro- in-ring product, Bell to Bell. And now with with Hunter in, in WWE, I gotta say it's it's pretty much an even field, because I'd say Impact and AEW have like a neck and neck in ring product. Impact maybe a little bit better in ring product. Impact is the most consistent show that nobody talks about, exactly. and it's a goddamn shame. Exactly. And I'm saying that somebody can't have a point. I'm not, I'm not here to disagree with him. He has a good battle. Word. It's ninety nine cents to watch the show. On YouTube, so I know a lot of people are like, "Whoa, I don't got access to TV." It's ninety nine cents a month, not even a week, a month to watch it on YouTube. All you gotta do is instead it starts at eight o'clock Eastern, the show goes live on YouTube at eight thirty, so it's a thirty minute delay. Like, I think you can still watch on. it on, on Twitch too, right? I no, think- I don't think so. I think they ended their partnership with Twitch because of a Rob Van Dam segment. <laughs> <laughs> there was. When Rob Van Dam was with the company, they, he had those like sexual segments with his wife and his uh, girlfriend. With like, oh my god, there yes. was like a segment where there was like a threesome, and always making out. Switch was called ban the channel and smoking that 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 hashish. You know, <laughs> he he be getting he be getting, he be getting that cushion in in Japan too. Yo, <laughs> Rob Van Dam is the man. He is. I, I'm with them. I'm, I am a big fan of the storytelling. Impact does have great storytelling. Shout out to you know Scott Demore and every what they do out there, man. Uh, I'm I'm gonna we're gonna do the best that we can. But if we cannot, I mean here on Circle Debate, but there's someone else who could at least you could cover uh, Impact, you know, for all of you guys. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, let's see. Uh, I love RVK. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Hey, I loved it too, but it got them banned from Twitch. So exactly, <laughs> you have hit that gravity bong right after. Been like, it's, it's funny shit. because when it happened, like I was watching the episode on Twitch because I, I didn't have access to TV. All of a sudden, like, uh, it just like cuts out, and then it says that Twitch does not allow pornographic material. I'm like, I'm watching Impact. What the fuck? <laughs> I mean, I could understand if it was still called TNA, but like. <laughs> it was wild. Oh my god! Now it's time. Yeah, but like I said, uh, if if you guys cannot, like I said, if we here circle that we cannot cover it, but we know someone else who could probably cover uh, ooh, Impact. Ooh, and ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> well, let's show you that video so you guys can know, because you'll know right now after this video.
And that is right, ladies and gentlemen. You are able to catch a starting commercial of the century. <laughs> what a commercial of the century. But you will catch it on August 8th. He will make his debut here on the COD channel. The rest of the DeLorean podcast it will be now featured here live, giving the people what they want, Dirty Heels. Uh, giving the people what they want. They asked for it. They want it live. And we're all excited. The Every Monday, going. Wednesday, and Friday. Let me just right. take this opportunity to break down for people who don't know what I do at the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, we do everything that we do here with the Circle Debate. We're going to talk. Thanks a lot, Devin. I appreciate you, man. We, we talk about all the modern news, but we also go back in time and we talk about all the classic shit, right? Every Monday, I cover the Monday Night War in secession. It is going to be going in order. It is WWE Raw is War versus Nitro. Every Wednesday, we talk about old school ECW, hardcore TV, and secession. And every Friday, we talk about TNA. So, Sammy Callahan, I got you. We talk about TNA from every impact on. Then we also talk about, in secession, every NWA TNA pay-per-view, every Wednesday pay-per-view. And I will now add to my Friday rotation, Impact Wrestling Reviews. There so, you go. There we go. There so you every Monday, it. Wednesday, Friday here on Circle <laughs> Debate. That's right. That is Thanks. right. We're going to add it here. That's right, man. I, I'm, I'm excited. The Nero's excited. And I mean, Hell I, yeah. I can tell everybody's excited. Even Lennox. Yeah, buddy. That's right. That's uh-huh. right. That is right. And Stranger Things of Life. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Why? That's not Stranger Things. I mean, I do love the show. I mean, but it doesn't mean that like, my idea came from. It just caught my eye because old school, you know, DeLorean, you know, it just mm-hmm. caught my eye. But I love it. Yes. And, man, obviously, <laughs> yes, because she doesn't get his manager. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. He will get his manager back. That's right. Yes, sir. Yeah, he'll be here live. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. And so there you have it. Ladies and gentlemen, another great two-hour fantastic here episode on episode 113 here on Circle Debate. Make sure you tomorrow we'll be back with a top five picks of the week, which is we pick our top five best cage matches. So we like we said last Friday on the Raven Stereo one, it could be from ECW, FMW, either WCW, the brass yeah, or it could be. Uh, the Attitude Era, it could be anything. It, it could be anything that we would like to talk about in this top five, so I'm looking forward to speaking of that. Uh, but make sure, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget on August 8th, uh, follow, make sure that you follow our social media platforms for the Wrestling DeLorean and Circle Debate. We're going to give you the time once De Niro will break down the time, uh, what time will he be on the channel every Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Mm-hmm. Definitely, he'll give us the Eastern time, and so I also he'll break it down for me in the time zone, so I can let everybody know, hey, this is the time sure. going to come on. So that is, oh wait, wait, oh wait, no two point. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. that's a solo Sequoia. Oh, I didn't watch complete highlights of it, but I mean, appreciate did you, you see Dan. It? Did, did you see it? Did you see it, Mike? I didn't see two point completely. Did you see it? Nah, I saw highlights. I got to see 2.0. Um, I usually do watch it every week. It's just that it's been a very busy week. I had 
bunch of shit going on. Job interviews, doctor's appointments for my son. So now, like, you know, I'll probably watch it tonight, maybe. Like, I, I saw yeah. highlights of it. I got to see it, too. Now that Devin brought it up, now I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued what happened on 2.0. I want to say, oh, hold on. I do, I do want to give a shout-out, though. I want to give a shout out because they make the right call for the. I didn't look for the picture because I did see the highlight of this, and I this. And thank you very much, them for reminding me because I forgot about this. And that is the women's tournament, the tag team titles, Toxic Attraction uh, versus um, Jesus Christ, can't believe is a Carter and what did she change her name now? Cat, right? Was it Fatal Four Way? Yes, there you go for the women's tag. Yeah, Fatal Four Way. There you yeah. go. That match was fire. I did see the highlights for that. Oh man, congratulations, though, man. And I'm gonna say that was Paula Beck's input right there. Uh, there you go, Carter and Chance. Chance? Okay, I'm not. Uh, it is what it is. Hey, hey, hey yo. yo, hey, you yo. people know who I am. Nah, I ain't gonna go into the full problem. Katana and Chance, Kate, uh, and uh, Katana Chance and Kaden. Oh yes, Chance. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's the theme. Yes, okay. What I miss? Oh, you miss a lot of things, brother. You miss a lot of things. Hey, yo. But that match was a banger. I did enjoy seeing that. I saw the highlights of it on mine. I gotta go back and watch the full match. I I only caught clips of it, but I heard it was a fantastic a fatal four way for that for those tag team titles. And yeah, Katana Chance, man, those two women, they're gonna be a future stars. I tell you that right now. Yeah. They're gonna be future stars for sure in NXT 2.0, and whoever picked them up, and I'm pretty sure it's Paulo Beck because he was in charge of, obviously, you know, scouting and looking. But I'm hoping so. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, once again, do not forget us. Welcome to subscribe to Cage My IQ and and of course Clark Street Wrestling Podcast, and as they bring you such good shit, such fucking mm-hmm. shit, because you know. You we know, we're the league. We, like I said, we don't make podcasts here, man. We're, we're top of the world. We are top of the oh, world. The world, Craig. Shit, not just the city, the world. That's right. To this day. To this day. To this day we are. But yes, so it's about that time. Matt's favorite outro. Autobots, transform and roll out. Yes. It's about that time for us to ow! What you know That's about right. it? What you know about it? A great show for <laughs> Thank you, Dan, for, for tuning in, man. Appreciate you. Yes. Tribal Chief Day. Yes, it is. Today is Tribal Chief Day for the rest of the week, especially if you watch watching SmackDown tomorrow. I'm looking, I'm actually intrigued to see what's going to happen on SmackDown, but I am. And, of course, before we let everybody go, I want to go ahead and thank all of our audio platform listeners. And once again, don't not forget, if you're new here watching us, subscribe. You know, subscribe to Circle Debate because you'll be catching also the wrestling of DeLorean here every Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, ladies and gentlemen. So make sure you subscribe. So on a, um, wait a minute, what are we going to hear? How do we celebrate? How do you celebrate Tribal Chief Day, Devin? I don't know if he's still here. Can you tell him how to celebrate Tribal Chief Day? Let him know. You just we acknowledge won. your Tribal Chief. Acknowledge him. That's all you got to do. There you all are. You got to do. <laughs> right over there. You're standing over there by the vending machine. 
<laughs> yeah, anything you see, Roman, acknowledge it. You, uh, if you see a shirt, acknowledge it. I see you, if baby. You see action, if you see a t-shirt, acknowledge it. <laughs> if you Imagine see the glove, like acknowledge it. That's how we because remember you guys are the twos and they're the ones. One guys, <laughs> yes, mm -hmm. <laughs> one for the good guys. That is right. But see, but I thought me not to see. Oh, there you go. Put the ones up. There you go. I see you, baby. I see you, baby. You put the ones up. There you go. Mm -hmm. I see you, uh, baby. We gotta. Put... <laughs> you see, Devin, that's for you. Matt just did it for you. I see you. I see you, baby. <laughs> Matt's yeah, in his own baby. world right now. Awesome that's the uh, one. So we one for the good guys. One for the good guys. That's mm -hmm. right. Try, on here you, on baby. Tribal, tribal Chief Day. So awesome, I acknowledge man. you. <laughs> he acknowledges you, Devin. But yeah, I see you, baby. Yeah, Matt's in his own I, world right now. He's in his own world right now. <laughs> Matt just glitched. <laughs> Matt's like, glitching over there. Dude, that's when you get over acknowledged. There, I celebrated by typing <laughs> one. Yes. <laughs> you got to put the ones up. The actual finger up, actually. But see, a toda mi Latinoamérica, a toda Latinoamérica, que nos están mirando aquí en Cerco Debate, muchas gracias por aquí escucharnos y viéndonos aquí en Cerco Debate. Este, no sé si... That's actually going to happen. It is. We're going to make a, a mini series here on COD for the, the, the it's, day it's life of Matt really Callis. It's really bad, you know. <laughs> no sueño. No sueño. It's no really bad. It's realidad, pero no sueño. But sí. No realidad, es un sueño. Pero sí. Gracias por todos aquí escucharnos y no se olvides de suscribir aquí en nuestro canal de YouTube y también a todos nuestra área de plataformas. Uh, saludos y mucho amor a Latinoamérica de Colombia, Ecuador, Nicaragua, Argentina, Salvador, Honduras, México, vía México, y Chile, y Colombia, y Brasil. También muchas gracias por escucharnos. In order to our European listeners, Switzerland, Czech Republic, Estonia now listening to us. Uh, Sweden, of course, Belgium, and the UK, of course. Uh, thank you so much. Guten uh, Tag. Tschüss. He get to steer. Yes, yeah, that's good. Uh, and also to the Philippines, of course. Macalas, you wanted to the Filipino man. Let, let our Philippine natives listeners out there. Or una cabeza. I see you, baby. Check that thing. <laughs> Remember Fat Boy Slim? I see oh, you, baby. Oh, <laughs> Check that thing. I see you, baby. Yeah, I think I might actually do that show just for you, Gage. My IQ. Oh no, you're not gonna do it. Oh man, but yeah, shout out to Calabar Zone and the coil up there in the Philippines for listening. I'm bringing back all the oldies. All right, man, De Niro, let our people know in English and to all of our everybody who supports the circle debate, everybody who rides with the rest of the DeLorean podcast. Every, all the wrestling DeLorean passengers are also what, what do you what would you call our fans here on Circle Debate? Are they just the fans of the listeners, or are they like the debaters, or what, what are we calling them? But debaters might as well. Word. DeLorean debaters. We got we got <laughs> we got the debaters. We got the wrestling DeLorean passengers. 
you know, we appreciate all you guys. Thank you so much for always riding with the wrestling DeLorean, always riding with the circle debate. It's, it's, <laughs> it's Matt's, in, Matt's glitching over there. <laughs> hey, I see the commuters. <laughs> I see, see you, the baby. commuters. Commuters. No, but honestly, like real talk, everybody who supports, we do this for you. Without you, there is no us. So thank you for always supporting. Continue supporting. We got a lot of good shit coming up. Everything's just going to keep growing from here. You know, I mean, they ain't going to be no looking back. We ain't going backwards. We're only moving forward. So for sure, hit that subscribe button because you want to be a part of history. You want to be a part of this because this is the best thing going today. Absolutely. Yes, it is. And of course, I got to let Mr. Matt Callis, but before I got to play his outfit. Bad for you, my Let them know. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm gonna do? I want to edit that video and I'm gonna put a picture of you instead of Don Callis. I want to do that. I want to put a please, please do that. We gotta do it. Let's do it. All but right. you gotta, I, I gotta look for the picture. Right. Has to be the right one. It has to be the right, no, one. It has to be the right we one. We don't make, we don't make podcasts. We make, I'll see you, baby. Shake that thing. <laughs> I'll see you, Yo. baby. We make history. Will. Over and over. Make. Over and over. History. Over and over and over and over.